Well, we may not be streaming from LA, but we're here to talk Jibberfish, aren't we, Dan? Yep, we are. We're here to talk about all the goings-on, the hippings and the happenings at E3 over the past week. Yeah, because we are recording this on Friday the 14th. Yep. And we made the conscious decision to record after E3 because we weren't doing the same shit as we did the last time. I can't remember what we did the last we time. We recorded the week before E3, then we came back two weeks after E3. Yeah, we completely <laughs> fucked that one yeah. up. So we, yeah. We, we succumbed to the jibberfish curse, but this time we were keen to avoid that. This time we're going to try and make it better and just see what happens next. Yeah. Oh God, how is this going to fuck up? I don't know. We, we've, we've put another... This is only going to be 10 minutes thing. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, we've watched this one already. Yeah. Botchamania. Yeah. The plan is basically to go through each one of the uh, major conferences and just yeah. pick out any highlights. Uh, well... Uh, the EA one, does anyone really care about EA right now with uh, the whole loot box scandal that they're currently embroiled in with half of Europe? Uh, I personally, in general, I couldn't give a fuck about EA, but they did post, uh, post, <laughs> like, I'm acting like the EA, E3 is just a big fucking forum, yeah. uh, they did show off some uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, don't what? worry Dom, this, this Star Wars game will be good, I know the last 12 have yeah, not been I good, know. but this one. Maybe this will be the magical quotor. I genuinely can't think of the last time I enjoyed thoroughly a Star Wars game. Maybe since... I obsessively played Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be the yeah. last one. But that was that was a, f- a real like, lightning strike of a game. Because yeah. we've never had a good Battlefront that game since. That was just good mechanical Yeah, that gameplay. was so fucking good. And it was, it was the fact that it was Star Wars across the whole uh, movie canon. You could play... Old school stormtroopers, the clone troopers. You could play all these different variations of the characters, and like you said, it was just good mechanical, like good mechanics, good gameplay. Then you flash forward to the the newer ones because I think there was a sequel to the new Battlefront. Battlefront. Yeah, there was a Battlefront two. Yeah, pretender of the throne. Yeah, (laughs) not even a pretender of the throne. They kind of this is the brand of uh, we make that joke now. It's past Game of Thrones spoilers. Yeah, it's the brand of the uh, the Star Wars Battlefront. It's what it's who we got. (laughs) Battlefront the broken. It's (laughs) the Battlefront. (laughs) Battlefront the wheel of wheel of eggs no feely. (laughs) Hot Wheels Battlefront. But we uh, that'd actually be pretty good. I play that. So oh, dude, that'd be great. (laughs) Play the show that. I I just I am very unimpressed by Ye's continuous kind of vomit of a usual you know an NBA game, a FIFA game, a Madden game. Uh, it was, it's so bad. Do people even game. still play FIFA? I think if got to be someone. I think if you go to any, uh, you know, video game shop or any sort of second-hand video game shop, the likes of Game or CEX, up and down the country or in any fucking country, you can get FIFA 15 to FIFA 20 or FIFA 21, it's probably up to now, for yeah. under £10 because no one fucking plays them. Yeah. Might ah. be different for Madden. I don't know about Madden. I think the Madden community is really strong in the US. I know that for a fact. I, yeah. I, I can see streamers making that happen and you know making an interesting yeah. thing out of a very stop and start game. I think that could be done. Hmm. That would build a community. I know there's a comp, uh, competitions about it. Yeah, with some serious you can, cash prizes. You can maybe add a bit more strategy into the American football because there's maybe a bit more stoppage. Yeah, with with you know, you can. Uh, there's going to be an audience yeah, for fucking hell could not speak <laughs> with our version of football like Scottish football English football it's just one 90 minute stretch yeah or maybe a 100 minute stretch if you go into penalties or something but there's not really enough opportunity to inject more strategy into the yeah. game so unless you include an option to take a dive so yeah maybe dive. maybe 
press X to dive. Yeah. You just smash your face against the dirt and go, oh my god, he hit me. And then refs. Well, I mean, you could emulate no, Scottish. You could emulate Scottish football to a T and just push L one, R one, L two, and R two, and hold down square and just incite a riot. Yeah. <laughs> just have people run onto the pitch. Have one weird fucker eating the grass at uh, the Hibernian <laughs> Stadium. That was the weirdest thing ever. I yeah. was in Edinburgh the day after Hibernian won the Scottish or whatever it is the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, I was. It was the first time they'd won in about eighty plus years, probably more. I remember people saying it was a hundred plus years, but I don't really care. I don't look into the the history of. You didn't fact check it, Dom. I didn't fact check. I'm this is f- why people think we're fake news. <laughs> fake news, no collusion, no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I was in Edinburgh the day after they won the cup, and there was it was like a fucking battle scene. Remember yeah. the bit in Saving, Pri- Saving Private Ryan or any war film that came out in the early two thousands? You'd just see the flash of white. And you hear the ringing, the tinnitus running, ringing, yeah. and, and it there's just some guy, fades back into yeah. an absolute carnage. Yeah, and there's somebody walking about looking for an arm that just isn't there. There's a guy whistling on a dog that he knows in his heart of hearts just isn't there. Yeah, it was like that. There was people fucking on the streets, passed out, drunk. And uh, one of the people that I used to play rugby with, uh, he showed me a video that he recorded of his mate just eating the grass, like shoving <laughs> fish food, and just going, "This is the best day of my life." <laughs> eating grass, and it's just like, the best day of your life, huh? So it's a pretty low bar. That's a pretty fucking low bar, but yeah. Uh, back to E3. Back to E3, yeah. I almost got distracted. I'm not going to talk uh, about it, but I almost uh, got distracted. Jedi but, Fallen Order looks like this weird amalgamation of Devil May Cry, on uh, Devil May Cry type hacking slash gameplay and Uncharted uh, world traversal. Yeah. So it looks just interesting enough that I might pick it up, but at the same time... I think you'll um, pick it up at a discount. Yeah. I don't think you'll buy it uh, day that, one. That, that was literally the point I was going to make. I'm not going to buy it day one. I'm going to buy it maybe year two. So I can get it for a ten, a ten or something like that. Yeah, I my brother was relatively happy with the the announcements about their uh, battlefield content, like the, yeah. from the mainline battlefield series. They have received a lot of flack from within that community. Mm. My brother's been updating me about it, saying it's been about six months. We've had nothing, mm. and then all of a sudden, in the next six months, they're going to get about eight maps. Yeah, they're getting plus a, lot. a bunch of characters. Isn't the next content pack set in Hawaii or something? It's set in a Pacific island. It's the Pacific. Uh, like front they're getting a yeah. big update for that one looks did you, spectacular did you see the uh the news that they had just before e3 that they had named uh their one of the new german operators they'd given him the name of a famous anti-fascist like world war Two anti-fascist freedom fighter they named a fucking nazi after the most anti-nazi person on the planet Ooh, i can imagine that never googled it Never Google. They never checked it. They never fact checked the oh, name. So they they just came up with a name and thought, yeah, let's give it to this guy. Yeah, they're like, that sounds German. Bang, 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 bang. Send that in, and then nobody checked it until it came out. And then someone went, "Hey, I learned about that guy in history class. He's the least Nazi person possible. Yeah. You might want to change this. <laughs> why is this? Why is this Nazi general called Steve Rogers? This ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. It was a good little oopsie moment for EA. On top of the, on top of the piles of other oopsie moments yeah, that they have. The, the loot, the loot boxes, and the grind for a hundred plus hours to unlock Darth fucking Vader in a Star Wars game. Yeah, stupid. Did, uh, next one up, I've got here is Google. Just it I, was did, I didn't watch. I didn't watch I Google. I didn't even know they had a had a show. It's not really. Uh, they had a, an E three thing. They just had a press conference about uh, Stadia. Oh yeah, which is their streaming service, which is kind of a hard sell. But I can see the. I mean. The thing that got me initially when they announced this was that they would be doing uh, 4K streaming of video games at 60 frames a second with no console involved. Yeah, it's another little Chrome tab thing, isn't it? Yeah, one of those uh, little Chrome tabs. And I'm like... A little I Chrome th- ball sack to dangle off the back of your TV. I have one, those are pretty cool. 
not gonna lie yeah. pretty cool when you're when you just can't be bothered moving from the couch pretty damn cool yeah. I, I mean i can definitely see the merit but i just don't think that stadia is going to deliver all that is promised i just i see the, the phrase we're going to deliver 60 frames per second 4k gaming and think your marketing team thought of that before the engineering team could actually yeah. tell you if that's possible the they? engineers are sitting in the, in the in the labs just going oh wait they already printed that fuck fuck <laughs> okay uh, i guess we're gonna figure this one out oh yeah. shit boys cancel lunch <laughs> cancel all the lunches we have no time <laughs> send your kids to boarding school divorce your wife you're never going to see them again we need to work <laughs> the, the boss did it again what do you mean did he did he revolutionize no he yeah. made us die inside <laughs> the boss is just sitting up there drawn with crayons and shit <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a hell of a promise but it's strange that the more it comes across the more people start looking into it the more that it does actually seem capable maybe we're just very pessimistic yeah i think when i see it physically when i see it running mm-hmm. that, that might shut me up i want to see it in my hands and just say okay you guys nailed it because i i really think they'll yeah. nail it a demo unit would be nice to see even yeah. just someone that uh, maybe a channel that i've been following for a while because i imagine rooster teeth might be able to get their hands on something like that yeah in a while because they got htc vive quite quickly if i remember right they got a vr so i can imagine rooster teeth might you know get their hands on it any games company that can you know get get it out there and just say look have a go have demo copies i think it's the right way of doing things because we've talked about this with my brothers was uh rather than these big press conferences because this year through all this we won't be talking really about Sony because Sony weren't there. Yeah, but it doesn't stop the Sony fanboys yeah. just going, oh, yeah. Sony, they're supporting us. Yeah, but they didn't go E3 because yeah. they had nothing. But <laughs> some companies are now stepping away from big platform events yeah. like E3 and just giving stuff to influencers. Yeah. I've seen more content for uh, certain games coming out through YouTubers that I follow than through traditional media. Yeah, it's particularly with a game that we're both looking forward to, Borderlands 3. Yes. And a bit of Borderlands 3 news later, which fucking made me more excited for the game it's not nothing gameplay wise mm. it's just it's a bit of voice actor so we'll talk about that maybe when we get you know on a bit because that was in microsoft's conference speaking of microsoft conference we're we just going to jump in at microsoft the microsoft yeah let's just go yeah, for it because at google i didn't even watch it like, I, no. I didn't even know they had a conference i didn't i didn't know whether it included it, it just yeah. it's a big piece of gaming news it will become relevant yeah. very fast I, th- I, I think it's something that people shouldn't really sleep on i think they should be cognizant of stadia yeah, because I think it could either be a huge fucking thing that people are going to love because it's getting a lot of support. Mm. Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo—they kind of like have their own little. They like having their own little thing, so that they'll jump in. Yeah, or maybe they will. I don't know. But a lot of companies are jumping in on it early, and that kind of sh- says to me that maybe it's something worth looking at. Yeah. So keep I, an eye on. Stadia. I think they've got something, and yeah, if anyone's going to pull it off, would it not be Google? Yeah, Google are close to owning most of the planet. Yeah, or uh, how much of an upset would it be if Disney just went? You're getting too big. Come and join the mouse. <laughs> we love that little theory of just uh, Disney just sees the things mouse. and says, "I shall own it." Yeah, I, I personally nowadays I used to th- I used to see Mickey Mouse as just this kind of like, you know larger than life bright light character, but now the more I've seen him purchase, he's kind of getting shriveled a little bit. He's got the hood up. He's turning more into the emperor. Just going, yes, I will buy this now. Yes, <laughs> wait, you. I wish to buy Microsoft. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the Microsoft conference, I was predicting just some very basic kind of broad stuff. My yeah. main thing, which turned out to be completely true, was the push of Game Pass. Didn't predict yeah. how they were going to push oh, yeah. that. I didn't picture, I didn't imagine that they would fucking go that hard on it. Yeah. And the way they've done it is fucking amazing. Just, I'll, let, I'll let you talk about it because you've probably got notes. Microsoft's pa- uh, whole conference in general, you could use the phrase, you didn't need to ball this hard. Oh yeah. They went balls to the wall on this one. Oh, you've yeah. 
undoubtedly seen the memes of Keanu Reeves appearing during the Cyberpunk 2077 reveal. Yeah, I think everybody, every gamer that watched that conference didn't know they needed that, but they most definitely needed that. Yes. I, I'm calling it, I think he was drunk. I think just like at least a couple of drinks in. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I remember reading a story that was a. Uh, it came out right after John Wick one that Keanu Reeves is completely sober. Huh. Uh, talking rehab. Okay. Right. Like like I said, I can't really remember it verbatim word for word, but I definitely remember reading a story recently that's just he has not drank in a while since. I'm talking after the Matrix. Oh, because apparently the Matrix was just such a heavy thing. The drugs helped him get through it. Yeah, and apparently he's not touched a drop since then. And I could quite believe it because yeah, I mean it's Keanu Reeves. You see pictures of him walking through New York. In fact, if you were in New York, you could probably just walk through the streets and bump into Keanu Reeves if you yeah. wanted. He's too wholesome, I think. Yeah, he's he's become a new, he's ascended to new meme tier status. Yeah, especially with the uh, the your breathtaking comment that was yeah. pretty funny. I gotta say yeah, that guy got himself a free special edition of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. No, he passed it on to Children's Charity. That is fucking good. Because he changed his name on Twitter to blah blah blah. The the you're breathtaking guy. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> That's yeah. a long title. Yeah, and uh, he, the he, guy that Keanu Reeves said was breathtaking. Yeah. at Twitter.com. And then <laughs> Cyberpunks uh, or CD Projekt Red's uh, Twitter handle reset and said, "Would you like a free copy?" He said, "No, I give it to like St Jude's. Like, I'm going to buy the game anyway. Yeah. pre-order already. Yeah, beat. That's a pretty baller move. Yeah, pretty nice. Well done. I, I, I well, like that. I like those little gamer moments. Like people forget the gamers give." We give all a yeah. decent amount. Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen quite a few. I mean, quite a few gamers and gaming sort of organisations do quite good for charities. I mean, you only need to look at uh, Awesome Games Done Quick and Summer Games Done Quick. They go to doctors yeah. with it. They Hell, raise millions life. of monies. Extra like they they raise millions of pounds, millions of dollars for Doctors Without Frontiers and various other health charities. Yeah. Um. So the the main my prediction was that Games Pass will receive a like a calendar's worth of content. Hmm. Most definitely, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also saw trailers for Gears 5, but that was... I couldn't really... We, we knew that was happening, because yeah. it's about that time, and there was actually billboards of Gears 5 mm. up in LA, so it just kind of like, well, we knew it was coming. Um, so that was... Yeah. The the demo for that, though, when they dropped oh, down... the the escape? Yeah, the escape yeah. setting. Yeah, so I'm all for. I'm all for. Kind of scavenging your weapons. You've all got your abilities. I'm all for that kind of shit. Yeah, the abilities one was strange because I saw the, uh, the the lightning knife. Yeah, which is and the guy that can just drop ammo boxes. I thought that was pretty cool. That yeah. kind of it's that kind of teamwork thing because everyone's got their abilities. One person can just go in mm. and deal damage quickly, clear a room. Another person can shields up. Another one can drop ammo boxes. Yeah, kind of dig that shit. It's the the, the hero shooter type thing has come yeah. to gears, and if it's handled right, it works really well. Yeah, um, unlike Bleeding Edge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which. I th- where was that announced? That was, that that was Microsoft. That well. was Microsoft, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that game looks cool. Ninja Theory are probably going to do a good job visually of it, but I think it looks too much like um, Overwatch. Slightly edgy Overwatch. Yeah, slightly edgy, Ed- melee-only Overwatch. Yeah, Me- yeah. melee-only uh, Overwatch uh, made by people who really like Borderlands. Yeah, and who are who made the Ninja Gaiden series, so... Yeah. My, my initial reaction when I heard, oh, Ninja Theory is going to present something at Microsoft was, yay, Jingle Physics. Yes. We knew it was going yeah. uh, I was somewhat disappointed by the, the tour, I guess, then, in, in yeah. terms of Jingle Physics. But, but yeah, let's not let's not go down that road, because that could be another weird podcast. Yeah, but the, I mean, if you were talking about, like, the, the that game, just, yeah, too nah, gimmicky. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with, I, I played Overwatch for, I think Overwatch has been out for 
four years? 2015, 2016, I think. I think if we Googled it, we'd be scared. 2016? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm right in saying 2016, maybe early 2017. But I, I think it's been out for longer than I realise. I've played it for maybe a month straight, just kind of going on because I got really into the characters and I thought this is cool. But with more changes, I realised that I'm not really, not really into that kind of game anymore. So yeah. more of that kind of game and people riding the coattails of it, I think is going to be something that we're going to see more of, but I don't think the interest is going to be there. I one think thing it's dwindling heavily. One thing I've heard about, like, the trends in gaming, no Battle Royale. Which I am fucking happy about. Like, we got through it, guys. There was, there was, all, I don't think there was, there was probably Battle Royale. Fallout 76 games. Battle Royale. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was the only one that I've seen, but then again, I wasn't looking for Battle Royale. Yeah, but I, but the thing is, you didn't see it, like, last yeah. year, if this, you know, I would have expected a lot more Battle Royale based Wait. on the last couple of years. Mm. So, we survived it, boys. Give yourself a pat on the back. If you uh, if you got that winner winner chicken dinner, yeah, GG's in the chat. You. Yeah, we're finally through the, uh, the 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 zeitgeist that was yeah. Battle Royale. We're finally away from that bullshit. But we're going back to hero shooters, but uh, yeah. okay, we can live with that one. But if it's hero shooters that are set in the Gears universe, I'm happy with that because Gears Four was really 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 good. I fucking loved it. Uh, it was exactly what you think it would be. Marcus Phoenix isn't really the main character anymore, but you play as uh, what's his name? He gets called JD Phoenix, but his name is basically my name in reverse. Oh. My name is Dominic James. His name is James Dominic. All right, because you know Dom in the what happened to Dom in Gears Three? Yes. So yeah, which was still a fucking gut punch moment because I replayed Gear <laughs> recently, and it's still that kind of, but just that kind of gut punch moment of yeah. oh shit they actually killed him. Yeah. Because no one's seen it come. The only time we kind of seen a bit of it was with Ty. Yeah. When he ends himself after getting captured by the the locust. Yeah. That one, it's, it happens so fast. Yeah. And you understand exactly what's going through his head. Yeah. But at the same time, damn, it's a gut bunch. Yeah. And then there's the, the bit after it where Marcus just fucking bails out on the leader of the... Well, they're basically the free people yeah <laughs> but like yeah he bails it and then just I just lost my fucking brother but alright Gears is exactly what you expect to be so Gears 5 looks like they've, they've won everyone's trust back after you know Cliff left and yeah. they're not really working with the same group Rod Ferguson who was the kind of second to Cliff he was Cliffy the B. online yeah manager he's now heading up the whole thing he's got everyone's trust I mean he's got my trust with Gears 4 Gears 4 is great now I think they're kind of doing something completely different with Gears 5 and it, I think it looks really, really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing how Kate's character develops. Yeah, I haven't played four, so I, I oh, would need to be interested yeah. in these characters to understand yeah. what's going on. But uh, she, the, she sets up a really interesting character arc with the end of Gears Four that they're continuing with in this one. So I'm hoping that Gears Five is going to do that little sliver from Gears Four justice. Yeah. The only question is, is the Pop Funko spin-off canon? It's all that matters. Hopefully not. It's going to be so hard to play that game and be like, with a straight face, say, this is a Gears of War product. I'm happy that this is a Gears of yeah. War product. I think it's along the lines of just, oh, here's a little cutesy spin-off that doesn't matter. That's for people who want to play some kind of facet of Gears of War on their mobile. Yeah. When I saw it was mobile, I thought, oh, there it is. There's the there's that last nail in the, I won't buy this coffin. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fact that they're making a sequel to it as well was just confusing because I didn't think that many people bought that game initially to warrant a sequel wait there's a sequel yeah I don't think it was out yet no there was a, there was one that was already out 
wasn't it? Oh fucking Christ! Or is this just the no? E- I think it's I think it's still the same game. All right, okay. I I don't think they've released the the Pop Funko version yet. I just think this was them saying it's out like almost now. All right, go. I'm I'm actually incl- inclined to believe you because one thing I've noticed over E3 is just when they announce something in one E3, I always assume that it comes out that year. Yeah, but. Final as, Fantasy VII has taught seen, you not yeah, to believe Final this. Final Fantasy VII has taught me not to believe that. And also anything that Nintendo posted at last year's E3 that hasn't come out yet. They announced Luigi's Mansion last year at E3. Yeah. They announced Damon X Machina. Yeah. They announced various other things that are still in development now. Yeah. Um. So there was a, a, an update to Forza for some reason. They're going to yeah, give Lego. Lego cars, which, I mean, I'll fuck around with that for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. Build your own weird hybrid conglomeration of cars. Um, Lego brick. What kind of really weird to me? I was expecting a Minecraft world update because they've been talking about this AR mm. Minecraft game, which I'm like, okay, cool, cool tech demo. Um, but Minecraft Dungeon actually looks kind of interesting because I watched a couple yeah. of friends play some Diablo three, and I was thinking I could, I could get into this type of game. Yeah. I kind of like I like the Diablo games because I I grew up playing Diablo one and Diablo two on a very very crappy Windows XP. Mm-hmm. Uh, system Windows crappy uh, Windows XP uh, PC so I'm all, I'm all for more kind of Diablo games but Diablo set in a Minecraft setting I, I don't I think, think I'm in for that the idea of a Minecraft style game with or a, a Diablo style game with a Minecraft setting I mean it's probably worth a shot and yeah I mean if people are going to play it let's, let's not mince words here people are going to play yeah. anything that Minecraft put out yeah or is it uh, Mojang Studios ah uh, yeah Mojang yeah yeah, yeah. Mojang, Mojang, I don't care. Who gives a fuck? The the key selling point to all of this has been the fact that if you want to try these games, they will be on Games Pass. Mm. That is Microsoft's key thing right now that they cannot set a foot wrong with because it's basically pay a subscription every month, Mm. get access to all these games, and don't worry about it. Yeah, and the fucking fantastic thing about them announcing Game Pass now, they were saying that if you purchase it now, it costs you a dollar or a pound depending on which part of the world you're in. But it still costs you nothing. It's, it's, for what you get access to, it is absurd. It I still struggle to figure out how they're making money off of this. And the big technical announcement from them was Game Pass for PC. Mm-hmm. And if you buy Game Pass for PC and Xbox, it is not that bad a price at yeah. all. It's like $15, And then there's the Ultimate Edition, which is literally Game Pass, Xbox, PC, and Xbox Live. Mm at a dirt cheap price that yeah, I'm that's still what I'm trying talking to wrap about. my head $15. I'm like, how do you yeah. how do you make money off of this? I picture they're going with a strategy that is $15 that a lot of people are going to be spending a month because yeah. it's that cheap that you're getting. Or you're getting PC games and Xbox games, so you're getting maybe, what, six titles a month? Yeah. Six free AAA games Plus a month. any back catalogue that's there. Exactly. And we can Xbox be- Live still got games of gold. Yeah, yeah, that's and an absurdly good service. Actually, we talking about Star Wars Battlefront. I have that because of yeah, games of gold. That's same here. There's so many games that I have through that service. But it's uh, that's how I mean. I predict. I was predicting that they would push Game Pass with this type of yeah. thing. Was not predicting they push this hard. Yeah, and I think it worked. They had to. They had to do something that would combat Sony, and to do that correctly, they would need to have it at a good price, have more content and basically go for a different aspect of online play that Sony weren't doing. Sony were advertising, you're getting this many games, it's going to be this this price. Microsoft went, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you, you know, 
certain amount of, we're going to give you good games each month we're going to give you good games for two platforms and it's going to be a damn sight cheaper than Sony's yeah. and because of the pedigree of just Microsoft's online service in general it's going to be a damn sight more stable than it is than PlayStation's because yeah. as someone who has both PlayStation uh, Xbox and or pl- both PlayStation and Xbox I can say that where PlayStation might have more good single player games and more good maybe Japanese games Microsoft has better overall you know, has a, has a better overall platform for playing the type of games that I want to play, like my shooter, like my shooter type games, Resident Evils, yeah. and my fighting games, and it has a much much better, more solid uh, online service. I've never had a single dropout on a match on Dragon Ball Fighters or a match on uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite for the month that I played that. Uh, but on the PS4, I've had to wait half an hour to get a match on Mortal Kombat 11 when I was fucking around with that. And I've had drops and dropouts left, right, and centre. I don't know if it's because of my internet, but we just upgraded the internet, so kind of ruled that one out. Yeah, so. even though I'm paying for uh, both, I still think Microsoft's got the better deal, and I think that is another drawn point to the the Game Pass and to games for gold in general. Yeah, or go the Xbox Live Gold service. Just the, the, it's always been paid for, so it's always going to be held to that standard. Sony are still catching up. Yeah, which I think is going to ultimately bite them in the ass. Because you're playing you know, a race to catch up in a race that ends very soon. Yeah. Because uh, we can talk about the fact that the Microsoft have announced uh, Project Scarlet, which will be the yeah. next-gen console. Who knows what it'll actually be named as, because they, yeah. for some reason, looked at the Project Scorpio, thought the name Scorpio was not good. Dumb. Yeah. And then decided to just name it the Xbox One X instead, because fuck it, I yeah. guess. I genuinely think it's probably just going to be the Xbox Two. Yeah, and people. Are, we, we gave you the Xbox One. We're going to just give you the Xbox Two because I don't really think. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce the Two Box. What the fuck, <laughs> Microsoft? Here we have the Q Box. You're just <laughs> wrong word, retard. <laughs> Care to try again? <laughs> one more time from the top. Damn it, emote. I uh, I also saw the uh, the the next gen version of their uh, their controller. Now, oh, is that the Elite, the Elite Two? True, yeah. Yeah, I gotta I, say, somebody uses an elite controller. Oh god, that looks good. It looks good, but it'll probably have a good old price tag attached to it. I'm Ooh, thinking yes. maybe two hundred bucks, two hundred pounds. Uh, One fifty. One fifty. One fifty is where they normally launch it about yeah. because two hundred for a controller. When you remember that Google Stadia is launching with a hundred twenty quid for their controller, which mm. is also the kind of service itself, or the kind of initial fee for the service itself, you can't charge two hundred. Yeah. And 150 for people, everyone who has an Elite controller right now is saying, oh, I could go for an upgrade. It's I been would, about the right amount of time. Yeah, I would buy it if they came out and said, oh, wait, 150? No, 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 no. You're getting it for 70. I would buy it yeah. the day it came out. Oh, if you pay, if you're only paying 70 for that, it's too, the engineering involved is too much. It's going to be 150. Yeah, I think, I mean, realistically, it's going to be 150. So, yeah, that was, as far as, that's my notes on Microsoft's conference, just uh, that. You had uh, notes from Microsoft. Yeah, that I'm kind of annoyed we didn't touch on. Uh, not, it's not something that I really advertise, but that's because I didn't really talk about the Dreamcast all that much. But uh, I am a huge fucking Fantasy Star Online fan. I played the original Fantasy Star Online on the Dreamcast with without netplay. I only played the off the offline yeah. missions, and there was about eighteen of them. You could breeze through them very quickly. Yeah, and I had such a fucking blast playing this game. Uh, I was always looked out for a sequel, which we never got. You could get it on PC. There was other Fantasy Star Online games but they were trash because right. they weren't made by Sega. 
they were made they were licensed by Sega but it was made by crappy other companies that just wanted to try and make the next big fantasy star so the fact that we're now getting the official fantasy star 2 online it's not coming to the Euro- it's not coming to Europe yet but yeah, th- there's going to be workarounds there's going to be if yeah. it's coming to the west but you're going to be able to log on through your PC or through your Xbox as long as it's connected to a, a US account or something like that yeah. there's going to be ways around that because uh, they had this like a really hype trailer like everyone yeah. I guarantee you next people watching that went what the fuck did I just see yeah. and where do I get it yeah. and then we where do I buy it and how many hours do you think I'm going to put into it immediately the, the response was oh but not in the UK or the EU yeah, like, ah shit ah. ah we're not in the EU <laughs> we might not be there by the time we get yeah, it we never know but yeah I think uh, I think the importance of getting a game like a game akin to Fantasy Star Online 2 in the West cannot be understated because it basically means that it kind of gives power to the whole if people are really passionate about something it will happen because people have been wanting a translated localised PSO2 for fucking ages. Yeah. Now that we're finally getting it some fucking 15 years later or something like that, it's been a while since Fantasy Star Online 1 came out and even Fantasy Star Online 2 in Japan because that is still going strong. Yeah. yeah. And there have been people that have been translating it for people in the West but ultimately it's never had that strong a presence in the so English-speaking nations in the West. But yeah, I think uh, going forward it will reach the UK but it might be a, a bit of time after the West after uh, like sort of North America they get it but ultimately I do think it will come here the second game I wanted to talk about uh, was uh, Dragon Ball Z Project Kakarot which broke the stream for me I don't know if that happened to you I got a I really was watching, bad stream when it happened I was watching it on GameSpot and it cut out and it just came up we were having technical difficulties but then I switched over to uh, YouTube's just coverage of it yeah watched it to that and then I was like oh the game looks pretty cool it's action RPG it's full combat I'll probably pick it up just because, I mean, it's another yeah. Dragon Ball game to, game to have. It can't be much worse than Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Yeah. And Xenoverse was bad. <laughs> did not like Xenoverse. I just... I don't know what the point of it is. Yeah. I don't get why we're getting another Dragon Ball game that's going through the story of Goku from, you know, the start of Dragon Ball Z, you know, Gohan getting kidnapped, you know, yeah. the Saiyans coming to Earth, all the way up to presumably the Freezer Saga because we've not seen anything past the Freezer Saga yeah we only saw Freezer Saga and here's the thing if you want to take it back further take it back to Dragon Ball yeah take us back to Kakarot landing and that, becoming Goku that'd be interesting go yeah. for that one how do you how, have yeah. the player fight give us a full story of Goku massively like compared to him overpowered characters yeah because he's a kid punching yeah. like teenagers yeah and in one occasion giant robots yeah so if he's fighting the Red, Red Ribbon Army but I just yeah. It's a good point. I'm quite glad they raised that because that was going to be one of my points as well. Dragon Ball Z Project Kakarot. It's a, it's a good thing to have, but do we really need it with Dragon Ball Fighters doing as well as it is, and how popular Dragon Ball is? Is this just another cash grab, or do they, is this a passion project that someone wanted to bring to light? But ultimately, do people need yet another game that's going to retell the story of Dragon Ball Z? I just don't think it's going to be nece- it's going to be wanted enough I think people are just going to look at it and go nah I don't want it hmm. which is disappointing because it looks good visually yeah. anyway uh, from what I could see between the massively pixelated uh, chunks of the video yeah. it did look pretty nice yeah it looks pretty nice yeah. the Project, Scar- Project Scarlet it's being vaguely teased yeah it's the- but there was one good thing that they did follow up with because my main fear with Project Scarlet 
I'm probably going to buy it because I've bought every iteration of PlayStation, Xbox since the 360 and PS3 days. I get that's only really two iterations, but mm-hmm. I've been sticking with uh, Sony and Microsoft for quite a while. Same with the, the Nintendo systems, but I'll probably pick up the Scarlet and I'll probably pick up the PS5. My main worry with them, though, was that they were going to go all digital, but they have since, uh, you know, drenched that fire. Yeah. And said, no, no, we're going to, people love the physical discs, so we're going to keep the disc tray in there because we're not going to cut off that from people because yeah. people are going to want to play games from their, you know, Xbox 360 library, their Xbox library, uh, old Xbox One titles, so we're not going to remove the disc tray completely. Yeah. That's going to stay there, but we're going to give you two, is it two terabyte SSDs or something that's going in there? Yes. Yeah, so that's two terabytes worth of, you know, storage space, so you're probably going to want to use that as well. Yeah. Well, the thing is that they've had... They're definitely catering for both sides. People that like the all digital, that don't like the clutter of having game boxes everywhere. And then there's the collectors like myself and probably yourself. Eh, Not really. You you prefer everything just on a hard drive? I don't mind things being on a hard drive. I am concerned though with servers like Game Pass that you lose them over time. Yeah. If they would just disappear silently without being noticed. For me, it's always just I like having the physical boxes there so that... It's definitely something that I quite like having. Yeah. I don't. Want, I don't want to see it disappear. No. Oh no, we we know collectors, and you see them, and it's their yeah. happiness, their genuine joy of yeah. saying, "Look at all this crap I have." As someone, I went to Play Expo last week. Yeah, yeah, it was in the ninth. Uh, just I usually go there because you find, uh, you know, good good games for a cheap price, and sometimes I go there. I mean, I say it's fifty percent. I go there to find cheap games. Fifty mm-hmm. percent, I go there to laugh at people that inflate the prices. <laughs> like so I went in there and I found a copy of a game that I bought for my brother at £35 on the GameCube and it was a really really rare title Yeah, and I thought I'll pick that up it's his favourite game of all time he'll be fucking happy yeah. and then I went back there and I found it for £200 wow and uh, I asked can I see it over and I went this is in worse condition than the one that I bought from CEX three years ago are you having a laugh <laughs> <laughs> I handed it back to him <laughs> walked away <laughs> actually we were talking about the uh, like digital versus collectors uh, versions and stuff they, Microsoft actually kind of sneakily did their own market research on this one recently. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you saw this one. They actually released a digital-only version of the Xbox One. Yeah, the One the S, dig, all digital or something. Yeah, I don't know what the, the code yeah. name for it is, but there was a, a version of an Xbox without a, a tray yeah. for reading discs in it. And the result, I mean, people who liked digital liked it. People yeah. who didn't hated it. Yeah, so I can I, see why. I think they would have, if, if they were going to do, I think we're going to keep disc in there anyway. Yeah, but I think they were going with whether or not to announce with fanfare that there would be a disc tray. It turns out, yeah, probably doesn't really matter that yeah. much. People, I think, because of the amount of storage space that's going to be in the Scarlet, I don't think it's going to affect people either way. They're going to just keep down a digital downloading yeah. and use the two terabytes that they're going to have, or people are just going to go out and buy the game. It's, as long as they cater for both sides, I think they're going to be happy. The only thing is, though, that two terabyte SSD is going to fill up fast because oh, yeah. all these consoles next generation are going to be 4K, 60 frames a second, and ray tracing. Oh yeah, ray tracing is going to be your file sizes now. Are you remember how big your file sizes are right now yeah. for the games you've got on your on your Xbox? I honestly think they're going to at least quadruple. Yeah, I think they're going to get massive because I think the biggest game that's on my hard drive just now is The Witcher, and that's about forty-five to fifty, maybe even sixty-two gigabyte. Am I, I think that's going to be that's going to get big. That's not including DLC because I don't have the DLC. Can I imagine ah. if it did have the DLC, that'd be maybe an extra like 16 to 20. I got Red gigabyte. Dead 2 at 100 gigs. Yeah, imagine that with ray tracing, 4K, 60 frames a second. And they're talking about boosting that frame rate. Yeah. There was 
I don't know if it was just buzzwords or you know I, I little baiting words, but they're talking about going to 120 frames a second. The human eye can't comprehend anything over 30. Mm, no, because if you've seen like gaming monitors that go to like 140, 120, yeah, you there's a difference between that and even six frames a second. Yeah, but here's the thing: console gaming, get it to 60, guaranteed yeah. on every game. Have a locked frame rate at 60. Want to push it hard for the next, like for the upgraded version for like the Xbox One X of the next generation? Mm. Put it to ninety. Yeah, that'd but be a huge again, jump. Lock it. Like yeah. just say everything is going to run at ninety. Guarantee ninety frames a second. It will blow console players' mind. That is fine. That's oh, all yeah, you need to do. Don't push that one twenty. Leave one twenty to PCs and custom rigs and things with like yeah. sixty. It's four gigs of RAM. Yeah. Do you wonder what the weirdest thing is? Talking about frame rates. The only consoles that I have seen that have locked frame rates have been Nintendo's. And they've only just recently went HD. I'm talking, mm. if you go back to the GameCube and play any GameCube game, it has locked 60 frames per second. Which is strange as fuck. Huh. I mean, it's weird. If you watch, if you play, just say, pluck a, pluck a game at the ether here. Uh, if you watch Mario Kart Double Dash yeah. on a CRT TV, it runs at 60. But then you go to, say, some equivalent, say, Crash Team Racing on PlayStation 2 or something. It runs variably. I like the idea that somewhere out there, someone is saying, did you just compare Crash Team Racing to motherfucking Mario Kart? <laughs> they're the same fucking type of game. <laughs> I know, but, like, we know they're the same game. Yeah. But somewhere out there, someone's having a shit fit because yeah. you just did that. Oh, dude, I compared, a uh, what fuck, I think I compared uh, Spider-Man to Batman Arkham Knight and someone literally th- started the sentence with are you fucking stupid I'll rip your goddamn throat out <laughs> and I went okay explain they went how fucking dare you say Batman and Spider-Man are the same game and I was like, Spider-Man's clearly better and I went fluid motion combat full city traversal yeah. gadgets different suits they're the same game except fucking different characters <laughs> do not give me that shit it is a Spider-Man skin over a fucking Batman game. Yeah, people people say, oh, Spider-Man's totally different from Batman Arkham Knight. It's the same game. Speaking of Spider-Man games, Bethesda. Bethesda? I got you with that one, didn't I? Spider-Man <laughs> You're games. trying to figure it out, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, most people would have really enjoyed a 20-minute Todd Howard apology. Spider-Man no. <laughs> I was fucking with you. <laughs> did you. Did you mean to say Todd McFarlane, not Todd Howard? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Todd Howard's Bethesda conference was weird. Yeah, because the, not talking about any games that he released, it, Todd Howard spoke very, very slowly. Not because he wanted to. I think he wanted to say his piece and get out. Yeah. But every time he spoke, there was just a long, pro, long and prolonged, just woo, people cheering their nuts off. So he would say, "Hi, I'm Todd Howard. Woo, and I'm here to talk. Woo, but follow woo seventy, woo six, woo, and that. It's <laughs> like let the man speak. I I, I saw there was uh, people. <laughs> People in the audience clapping, like standing, giving him a standing ovation. Yeah, there was eight people like, giving him a standing ovation. What are you doing? You, like, this is, I'm sorry, after the release of Fallout 76, I think it's fair to say Todd Howard is one of the bad guys of video games right now. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he's definitely getting a lot of flack, and he even admits himself that it's well deserved. He but, admitted it on stage yeah. that they deserved every comment, criticism that they've received, yeah. and frankly, they've not received enough because. Oh. Oh, there is something I wanted to talk about yeah. before we jump into Bethesda proper uh, they did finish off border, uh, Microsoft did finish off with some Borderlands 3 footage alright yeah and obviously I was going to pick it up but it showed you some little cool stuff with the, the different characters abilities 
Uh, one of the characters is uh, called Flack the Beastmaster, mm-hmm. who's a robot that can control uh, different type of different types of beasts. Yeah, and they announced who's doing his voice. It's uh, Song Wan Cho, Pro oh, TV, right. okay. which I thought oh, that's pretty cool. He's finally getting recognition as a voice actor. Yeah, and I mean he has a he's got a fairly kind of deep monotone yeah. voice so it'd be pretty cool to see him playing a robot the only thing is for me though it's his voices are very obviously him yeah like he stands out like a sore thumb in Genlock I think he, and in Ruby yeah and you're like mm. but I think when you're next to a hyperactive a uh, soldier with a giant mech and a an English operative spy and an, an Indian female shredded siren yeah I think it's just gonna all blend together yeah so I think it's going to work and I, I mean I'm not going to talk about Borderlands stages now because I'm so fucking hyped for this game it's unbelievable yeah it's looking pretty good yeah, it's looking pretty tasty and the DLC Guns uh, with Legs people Guns yeah, with Legs Guns with Legs uh, the DLC that just came out that they announced uh, Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary right uh, me and my brother just ran through that it's pretty fucking awesome it sets up Borderlands 3 just nicely yeah. and it was nice to go back to Borderlands 2 and just play that for a bit yeah uh, right so back Bethesda to Bethesda uh, I say we're all hoping for a 20 minute Todd Howard apology uh, we kind of got that with the very weird uh, We Are Bethesda video which was just fucking cringy yeah it was it was bad like, real real bad you're watching it going you guys got pasted and you deserved it for Fallout 76 yeah. and uh, to say look we're gamers too and we, we get there fr- we, you guys you keep us in check and we, we're really sorry but yeah. please stop threatening to kill us yeah, <laughs> please stop sending us death threats it was like, only no, a buy it was only a buy look we're not threatening to kill you we're just very disappointed by yeah. the quality of your games we're not angry we're just disappointed yeah <laughs> and none of us are threatening to kill you yeah seriously although a like, couple stop. of people did threaten a few executives at Bethesda because of the stupid bag scandal oh yeah, no, they they were expecting a duffel bag and they got some crappy little vinyl bag and that pissed yeah. off a lot of people. They're expecting they were they were sold canvas bags and received ah, canvas nylon. bags. Yeah, um, yeah. my favorite though, though, from all the criticism of Fallout seventy six was uh, the bobby pins that used to pick locks and stuff. Yeah, where uh, the weight was set like to absurd amounts. Like they were si- like a bobby pin itself would weigh like sixteen hundred times more than an actual bobby pin in real life. Yeah, weren't, uh, weren't they? Because I remember playing a little bit of Fallout 3 and they were set yeah. to 0.3 of a gram or something like that. Yeah. They were very, very light. They set to something stupid light and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but what somebody did was mailed them a box of bobby pins and just said, weigh these with a note. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, that bravo, is, sir. Bravo. That is next level douchebaggery. <laughs> Here's a box of Kirby grips. Yeah. Weigh them all. <laughs> weigh them individually. <laughs> Mail me your results and then fix your fucking Game Boy. If that, I don't approve of them, I shall send you more Kirby grips. <laughs> That level of spite is fantastic, and I I really enjoy that level. Yeah. Just sheer pain. That's pretty funny. The uh the things that were actually announced at, when you were done with all the like apologies that kind of waved out. I mean, it was so weird to see them not start with Todd Howard. Like they started with yeah. their senior like head of marketing or something like that. Yeah, it was a vice president of something. Yeah, and you're like, okay, that uh weird. I guess just to break the ice, have someone who's not a total liar appear. Yeah, have someone who isn't currently being liking to Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told me that he looks like Michael Bay. He does I look a bit like Michael Bay. Like when, you sent me, when you sent me the picture of Elon Musk standing next to Todd Howard, <laughs> I didn't have my glasses on. So I immediately thought, what the fuck is Elon Musk doing with Michael Bay? And then I realised, oh, he's not as tall as Michael Bay. It's clearly Todd Howard. Yeah. If you shrink Michael Bay, you get Todd Howard. <laughs> Put him in the washer. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> if you add water Todd, to Todd Howard, he evolves. <laughs> Todd, Todd Howard is Michael Bay's nerdy little brother. <laughs> Holy shit. Todd- <laughs> 
But how fucking weird would that be if Todd Howard was an actor and had to legally change his name because there was another Todd Bay <laughs> in the acting studio? And he went, fuck this, I'm going to change my name to Todd Howard and I'm going to become a video game director. I'm going to piss people off with no NPCs. Uh, they, um, for some reason, they wanted to talk about how good uh, Elder Scrolls uh, the Blades was. Oh yeah, that was yeah. weird. Like, dude, no, 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 don't talk about that. That's yeah. embarrassing. Why Why are so many mobile games coming to Switch? You, you made a, a cash grab fucking mobile game with where you can basically just pay to get rid of waiting times. Yeah. And yet you say it's not a pay-to-win service. You say it's a great game. It's like, no, yeah. you made a pay-to-win service. Yeah, it's, it's strange. And what bugs me the most about this is Bethesda have this weird knack of putting their mobile games onto Switch. Because mm-hmm. you can get Fallout Shirtler on Switch. It's a good game, though. I couldn't get it. Yeah. Uh, now you can get Elder Scrolls Blades on Switch. Why would I play Elder Scrolls Blades when for £15, if I really wanted to, I could just buy Skyrim? Yeah. On anything. <laughs> on my toaster. I can play it on my shoe. God damn it. <laughs> if I buy a Tesla, I can play it on my fucking Tesla. The, the weird thing is that they say that there's uh, there's no way to interact with uh, Skyrim players. I'm like, dude, just watch where they buy it. You've given them every option. <laughs> you can learn through the buying habits what people want to buy, where they want to buy it, yeah. what they want to buy it for. Like you can, there's a way you can you know, data mine uh, Skyrim. It's just not the same way you can date my Fallout 76 yeah. but they're, they're really pushing Fallout 76 and I, I yeah. knew this was going to happen they were going to say guys we fixed it we promise it's so much better yeah. now here's our like two year plan of shit that will totally yeah. fix the game which they started off in the weirdest way possible it's like starting from next update we will have human NPCs in the game who's with me <laughs> everyone's just going that should have been in the game at the start hurry the fuck up <laughs> and then there's those eight people just going woo Todd fucking Howard Todd fucking Howard because it was always eight people the same group of eight people that were in the front, slightly to the left <laughs> of the main stage, all funnily enough wearing Bethesda t-shirts. Oh, like somebody was wearing a Tango Games Work t-shirt. <laughs> they were all Bethesda properties, just losing their fucking mind. Plants, maybe? Answers on a postcard. The answer is yes, but yes. answers on a postcard. I did like Jim Stalin's point, and it was, why did you get a pause for the bare fucking minimum of game design yeah, in 2019. That, that bugged me so much. If you make an artistic game where there's no NPCs because there's no people left and you're yeah. the last remaining human, awesome. If you're some kind of robot that's traversing a dead city because every other piece of organic matter died, sure. But Great artistic move. Yeah. I like it. But if you're playing if a you're game making a Bethesda game. Yeah, if you're playing <laughs> a game that's meant to be... I mean, let's not mince words. humanity reclaiming the yeah. surface. Let's not mince words here. Fallout games, in it, to an extent... In fact, yeah, Fallout games are all about just reconnecting with humanity. You've been in these vaults, you've been in seclusion. It's all about reconnecting with the world at large yeah. and fighting the creatures that have taken over the world when you've been in your little safe, anti-radioactive bunkers. Mm-hmm. So when you're coming out into these worlds, you want to see some other fucking humans, yeah. not nothing. Or occasionally big mutated bears and dragons that want to fuck you up. Yeah. So congratulations on the bear fucking minimum Bethesda. Yeah. The, absolutely the lowest common denominator and got away with it and people people seem to like it because they got lukewarm applause from the rest of the people outside of the eight fucking Bethesda cheerleaders <laughs> those are the, the Bethesda cheer squad at the front there. the Bethesda cheer squad's families are being held at gunpoint yeah. Tom stop making fun of them okay? Todd this Howard's is... was at the you know how you could see the the backstage every so often you'd see people with cameras clicking away Todd yeah. Howard was just sitting there with their families going I'll fucking do it I'll fucking, I'll fucking do it don't test me boy my brother's Michael Bay motherfucker I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it and I'll make it look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the, I'll get 
the telephoto shot with a helicopter up off head, there'll be an explosion. I'll have Megan Fox half naked on a Ferrari. It'll be my brother's Ferrari. <laughs> but it'll look awesome. It'll look great. And I'll be covered in sweat for no reason. But yeah, yeah, I didn't have much to point out with I mean, they're yeah. doing Doom. Uh, Doom Eternal looks fucking great. Yeah. Uh, but make a pee pee hard. And make, and make them pee pee hard. Uh, the main plot, or the main thing behind Doom Eternal is they've taken the very limited traversal options that they had in the first Doom game, Doom 2016, and I've just thought, let's dial it up to 11, let's give them a fucking double jump from the immediate, from the beginning of the game, let's give them uh, parkour options where you can swing off bars and stuff, let's give them uh, a chainsaw wrist, let's give them a knife wrist blade, let's give them a fucking shoulder mounted flamethrower, let's give them a weird Doom slaying sword, let's just go fucking balls to the wall. And they did finish off with a trailer that was fucking hilarious. You know the BFG? Yeah. Like the big fucking gun or the Bioforce gun, depending on which which can of the game you're watching. Uh, the one that you got in Doom 2016 was the BFG 9000. Yeah. So now you in Doom Eternal, you get the BFG 10,000, which is a giant orbital laser. And it is, in fact, over 9,000. Yep. Very important. Yep. Very, very good distinction to make. Uh, so... To get back to Mars, I think uh, the Doomslayer's trying to get back to Mars to close a Hellgate or something like that. Yeah. G- general Doomslayer and shit. Yeah. Uh, he finds the the BFG 10,000, kicks the shell out of the way and just braces himself in the locking mechanism and yeah. shoots himself halfway across the planet <laughs> and, and just lands on Mars like, yep, brushes himself down, pulls out his super shotgun and just goes to kill demons. He's so... Stupid. It's like an 80s action movie. Yeah, and it was so great. It's like all of the 80s action movies yeah. just condensed into one thing that's just pumped full of steroids yeah. and PCP and just fired at a room yeah. full of demons. I, I just, I cannot get enough of just the idea of the Doom Marine. Oh, the, do, the, the idea of the Doom Slayer is what every child in the, the late 80s to early 90s who watched these over-the-top, you know, last action hero type movies when you had fucking Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. I was gonna say I'm running out of uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. All these fucking movies. The guys at Ed Software are basically just going, "Oh, they're not dead. We're gonna give you more of that shit. We're gonna make sure that is alive and alive and well with these fucking awesome Doom games." And I think if people haven't played Doom 2016, you could get it for about a tenner yeah. on Xbox. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's on the Xbox sale for about eight ninety nine. Yeah. Pick it up. It's such a fun game. It is, it's over the top, like just action. And I and dare it's you fucking to fantastic. Kick, it, kick it up to insanity. I fucking you, dare you will you. kill yourself. You will want to destroy <laughs> everything around you. You will become the Doomslayer because of how hard insanity mode is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I was super fucking hyped for um, for Doom Eternal. It was another one of those games that I was always going to be buying day one. And since they announced the Doomslayer Helmet Edition, I'm going to be picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> You, like somebody will come around to my house and just. Is oh, this going to be like the Master Chief one where they made the Master Chief no, helmet? No, you can actually wear it. Okay, <laughs> that was the like the most disappointing. That you see kids come out crying like I can't put it on my head. Someone <laughs> split their skull open trying to put it on. They just get hitting it against their head trying to force it on. Eventually, just for the record, if you didn't know what the damaged. size of this thing was, there was space inside the like Master Chief helmet for like the the game. And like a book or two, or the yeah, CD or whatever. There was a steel in. book, a little thin art book in the game itself, the game yeah. box itself. That was enough. And some kid was like, "I can make it fit." Yeah, I can <laughs> force my head in. So you could make it fit, but you had to take the entire back end of the helmet off. Yeah, you'd have to actually like engineer it, and yeah, to like screw it and cut bits off. It wasn't worth it. 
Especially when you just go pay a cosplayer and make one for you. Yeah, you just buy a shit ton of uh, EVA foam and make it yourself. Yeah. The job's good. Um, but who do we have yeah. after... Bethesda? I had next side Ubisoft. Ubisoft. I, I, I literally got so bored with this one, I went and... I think I went and you know, took the dog out for a walk. I got so bored watching Ubisoft. There was a couple of cool moments, but it did highlight a weird kind of similarity from a later conference that we'll probably get onto that there's a couple of uh, games companies that are now moving on to doing movie type stuff. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, with uh, Rob McElhinney came out at the start of the Ubisoft conference and said, oh, we're partnering with Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, to do a, a Netflix show and I just thought, really? Yeah. That's that's kind of weird. I guess they're going to, like Ubisoft will be the, the technical, so it may even be like the, the people who, they yeah. might host it, or they yeah. might have, use the studio think, space. Yeah, I think what it might have been is, because they, they the show that they were talking about, I think it was called Might and Magic or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they made a kind of mock-up of a game that they're meant to be producing in the show. Yeah. And maybe they've provided them some software or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw that piece and I was like, that's really odd, but I mean, I'll get it. It's Rob McElhinney, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Although, it, Pissed me off how they pronounced his name. Yeah. Ian. It's clearly spelt fucking Ian, but they're going with Ian. Pissed me off. Uh, right. It's, I don't know. I, mean, I thought it might, might just be an American thing. That may, they've Not many people are called Ian yeah. over there. But yeah, no, just but a stupid little pronunciation, grammar gripe. It's weird though that uh, like Rob McElhinney has been a game nerd for ages. Yeah. He was apparently at Minecon, like three or four years ago. Like, he just loves games. Isn't he meant to be directing the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? I'm not sure. I remember seeing that a while ago. I, I remember seeing that on Machinima Inside Gaming. Ooh. Before Inside Gaming became their own channel through Rooster Teeth. Yeah. Which, Which is, is just, I'm not explaining that one again. It hurts too much. Yeah, it's, it hurts the brain. So, um, I, uh, my things with this was, I was expecting kind of news for the Rainbow Six Siege update, but instead we get a Rainbow Six game that's going to be a horror movie. Or it's yeah. going to be like a horror game. I am so fucking up for this. See, I can. I was going in and out of the room at the time when uh, Ubisoft's conference was going on. They announced what felt to me three different versions of uh, Rainbow Six Siege and a couple other games that just a couple other division type games that all looked exactly the same. That all had the the uh, the prefix uh, Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy. And I just yeah. thought these all could just be the same game. Yeah. Well, if there's going to be the Ghost Recon. There'll probably be Division Two DLC. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, Ghost uh, Rainbow Six. Um, I keep wanting to say Rainbow Six Siege because the original Rainbow Six Ghosts. Yeah, uh, no Rainbow Six uh, Contamination? Contamination. Rainbow Six Quarantine. Quarantine, right? Which is really funny because I was watching the trailer and I'm like, this looks really intense. I like the fact that your your POV is blacking out. Like he just cannot take the pain of whatever's shooting through his arm. Yeah, and you see him like just kind of freak the hell out and just kind of I can't do this. And then out of nowhere comes fucking Viggle and Ella. From the Rainbow Six Siege game, and I love the fact that there was a crossover between like the Siege characters and this new Rainbow Six thing because it is oh, it's right. the same team. That's the same team. It okay. is the Rainbow Six team. I just love the fact that we get these cinematics. Like uh, they made a one called Hammer and Scalpel, oh, right. uh, and it was just like a fifteen-minute uh, like dramatic cinematic trailer. Just it was just Ubisoft saying, "We made this. You want to see it? Yeah, pretty cool." Like, I, no I saw it. I was like, "This is awesome. This is like." Remember when we saw uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within? And you're like, huh. I didn't think this or Advent Children. Yeah, I think because Spirits Within was one that looked cool for the time. But yeah. just it was just, let's make a film that looks cool but has no story to it. But, yeah, but yeah. Advent Children was definitely the kind of the wake up animation call. Because, yeah. oh, this game actually has a story. This film has a story to it. 
yeah. and is actually visually stunning. Yeah, well, it looks like the modern version of that. Nice. But in a weird, it's got a weird kind of uh, tactical, like current day, modern day kind of tactical espionage feel to it. So it's, it's very weird to see it then go. And now we shift gear into uh, like a weird kind of uh, sci-fi horror film with the zombie infestation. Because they made the, the infestation mode for Amos Exceeds last Halloween. And that was awesome. Um, it was a weird kind of zombie survival, uh, like small limited maps, but playing with a limited number of characters. And you would like basically fight off against this weird demonic zombie horde. And the fact that it now becomes a full game and it's really weird to see, uh, I mean, Vigil and Ella, Vigil, damn it, a badger, I made a Russian badger meme joke. Alright. His name is Vigil, hmm. but you got to call him Vigil, because V-I-G-I-L. Oh. got to call him Vigil. Vigil. His name's Vigil, his name is clearly Vigil. Um, but Vigil and Ella are both defending operators, so I don't know why they're being sent into extracting someone. I mean, they're also very fast, very hard-hitting operators, so it does kind of make sense in a way, but why are they extracting, it just... The siege part of my brain is a little flustered at the moment. So, great trailer though. Fucking really atmospheric. Yeah, I just don't think. I think for the Tom Clancy games, you need to be like yourself, the kind of person that plays plays those type of games constantly. I was just not into them at all. Uh, I was. I'm not a fan of the whole shooter genre. If it is, if I am a fan of it, it needs to be the kind of over the top Borderlands type stuff, or it needs to be a there needs to be a horror element to it. So, mm. Quarantine was kind of intriguing. Yeah, might be something that I'd pick up and play, but it just ultimately reminds me that we're never going to get a Left 4 Dead 3, and that just depresses me. <laughs> mm. Honestly, at this point, do you think Valve can still make a game? I don't think they're even still open. I think Gabe Newell has closed down that place and has just taken all the Steam money for himself. No, it's just, it's just Valve, Valve makes Steam. That's what Valve do. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't trust them with... And that's, the, that's what they said was, we're never making Half-Life 3 because we can never make people happy enough with the ending. Oh, yeah, like you could never you've written yourself into a corner where it's too hyped up you would never fulfill the prophecy that is required to finish the Half-Life uh, series successfully I mean for example see the end of Game yeah. of Thrones yeah definitely I just realised we missed a few big titles from the Microsoft conference that I kind of wanted to talk about we'll finish uh, Ubisoft because we'll I fin- was very curious to see what you thought about the Assassin's Creed um, story creator in a weird story career. They literally have made a thing where you can just pick characters, locations from Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey mm-hmm. and you can make your own missions with it. Hmm. That to me we're talking about like data mining and yeah. learning what your audience wants and what they want to play and how they want to play it. Mm-hmm. That is huge. And All like right. totally probably going to be crap gameplay wise. Probably, yeah. But to be able to see what everyone makes when you're given the entire kiddies play box and told there you go, kids. What do you want to do? Yeah, I think it'll probably be something along the lines of Mario Maker. Yeah. When it's just, here's this infinite play box, make whatever the fuck you want. Or you've made unwinnable situations and very, very weird levels. Yeah. I think it'll be something along the lines of that, except it'll be weird, funky parkour challenges from Assassin's Creed. Well, the version they show is, uh, like, it was some weird mission about guarding an albino bear as it like tries to cross an island and someone made this weird thing and it gets attacked by other bears you're like oh my god albino bear I'll kill the albino bear and you've got to fight off a bunch of bears in the middle of Greece I'm like okay that shows an interesting premise but you know when you have access to every like every asset 
in the game library. Yeah, why don't go what back do to you do with it? Yeah, what I would do, I would go back to the Assassin's Creed Two level where you find the Kraken swimming around underwater. I make you fight the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's only for Odyssey, but I he, would make you fight the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I would put a Kraken in there and I'll make you fight it. Why is it in Greece if we can't have the Kraken? I don't understand exactly. your bullshit. Why are we near water if I can't put sea mythical beasts in there? I wonder if you'd be able to recreate battles. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of hope that you'd be able to, because that's kind of the allure of those type of games for me anyway, is recreating like older set pieces in a newer style. Because with Mario Maker, I was always very, very much intrigued with making old Super Mario 1, 2, and 3 levels in modern new Super Mario Bros. style. Yeah. That'd be the whole draw of that game for me anyway. There was another game that they announced. I don't know if it was on Nintendo's stream or if it was on Ubisoft, but there was a game called Gods and Monsters. Was that Ubisoft? Because he said it was from the creators of Assassin's Creed. Possibly. And it was some little Roman-looking chick who went up to the top of the hill and then was attacked by a giant eagle. It looked really cool. It looked, yeah. v- looked very Breath of the Wild. And uh, that, kind of sh- that kind of shit intrigued me. But ultimately, I think since Assassin's Creed 2... But even since the end of the Ezio saga, I've not really been interested in Assassin's Creed. The one set in London where you play as Jacob and Evie was kind of cool. Yeah, it was, that was a good one. But I haven't really engaged with that series in quite a while. The one that I was going to get back into was uh, Origins when you played it, when it was set in Egypt. Origins was so fucking gorgeous. Yeah. It was absurd. That's what, that's what was going to get me back into the game because it looked stunning. It looked like it was going to play really well but I just never really found the time to get back into it wasn't uh, to be fair I'll, I'll tell you the truth I did want to play it a bit but I could just never I never really had the the compulsion to go out and seek it out which one? Uh, or, Origins the, the the one that kind of kicked off again yeah Origins I just it was gorgeous totally cat at the same time not a lot going on under the hood yeah it was it's just, just basically tech demo type as someone who really enjoys Assassin's Creed like as a franchise, it was fun to play it and it was definitely worth it. But at the same time, the actual like what made it interesting was just kind of being in another Assassin's Creed game yeah. in a new setting, mm. which for me is the appeal. But then you have something like Odyssey, which changes its core mechanics, and I immediately go, "Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you know, you, you try to change it. I mean, for me, the, the formula is already winning. You don't need to upgrade it or change it or do whatever to make uh, the winning formula." Odyssey was the, you. You played as the the inheritors of the the spear of Leonidas or something. I don't know the story. Or the spear of Leonidas, if you were the <laughs> the announcer for the trailer. It kind of reminds me of the old IGN fuck up, with like "Welcome to the trials of Hades." Oh, to the trials of Hades. Because I think it was two people that were auditioning for a role as a host on an IGN show, mm-hmm. and it showed you them showed you their demo tape, and it said, "Oh, uh, we're going to show you some gameplay here from the trials of Hades." Then you could see in the guy's face, he went, that's Hades. <laughs> that's Ooh. fucking Hades. Uh, so, with uh, Ubisoft, kind of like, yeah. I like Ubisoft games, you don't really dig yeah, them I don't that really, I don't really dig them. It's cool to see John Bernthal. Yeah. The Punisher was out there with his with his dog. It was very, very well behaved. Yeah. The, very uh, well behaved dog. The Ghost Recon series is the one that I'm not yeah. that into. I've played it a bit on my brother's account. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the ones that was... There's only so many Tom Clancy games I physically have time for. And for some reason, I made the cut at um, Ghost Recon Islands. If I hadn't gotten this far into the Division 2, it would have probably been I'd have went with Ghost Recon instead. But 
you know, I'll maybe get around to that eventually because it looks really, really good. And again, the idea of being on the back foot and being the kind of small insurgent force versus an army is a lot of fun. Hmm. If you're not overpowered and god tier like you are with like the Just Cause franchise. Yeah. Did you ever get into the Just Cause games? I could never play force four. Me. I played three and I found that once I'd rescued the actor that was doing all the announcements when you find, figured out where David Tennant was, I was bored with the game. Because uh, it took you so long to get to do that side mission. I was just, I, I'm not really a fan of open games where it's just going to do shit. I like some semblance of a story. And Just Cause 3 was just, you've landed, do whatever the fuck you want. And it was always kind of a... I had a lot of fun with 4 because it was the first game I got my PC and it was what I was using to kind of test to see how far I could push it out. And damn, I could push that PC out for a fucking mile. Um... I had a lot of fun with the, as I say, like this kind of stage where you're the, the weak underdog and you're like getting scrappy and fighting for your life and trying to liberate uh, cities and stuff as you go. You then get to the point where you can just fly if you control your character right. And I said, I don't care. I just do not care. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. I don't need to... You could use your weird uh, squirrel suit and you could fly. Yeah. I'm fucking done with it. I don't care that you have a grappling hook. I don't care that you have a fucking... I was cool with the grappling hook. I was cool with like, the, the squirrel suit when it's a squirrel suit. Mm. I don't care when you give me the scroll sit and say but now we've applied boosters so you can just fly wherever you want if you can draw yeah, it kind of defeats the point of the, uh, the scroll suit because you're just yeah. you're kind of cheating using the backpack yeah and you couldn't go back to just a scroll suit yeah. you had to use the super powered version where if you turned your mouse the wrong way or you pushed the wrong button you boosted into a mountain yeah that, <laughs> that was weird like great thanks for the great gaming experience but if you if you take me to the point where back to at the start of it where I'm running in with like just a pistol and maybe like an AK-47 to take down uh, you know an entire building full of bad guys and I probably won't make it the first time that's what I want so I mean when you give me those Tom Clancy games where everything's like that but in a weird way kind of more boring like I've got to be thinking about a lot more issues than I would if in say like a run and gun game yeah for some reason I really enjoy watching numbers get slowly like better and then just like having weird tactical boring decisions made constantly Hmm. don't know what that says about me I'm trying not to think about it too much yeah I, w- I wouldn't read too much into that but uh, speaking of things I want to think about Square Enix yeah was Elden Ring was that Square Enix that was Microsoft that was Microsoft what did you think about that just general thoughts on a George R. R. Martin Soulsborne game I'm down for it but I want to see it like I want yeah, to see gameplay you want to see actually something substantial I think that people aren't going to get what they want from this game because think about it this way uh, Hidetaka uh, Miyazaki likes putting the gameplay first he likes putting you know the lore's there make no mistake the lore is there and oh, the yeah. lore is substantial the lore is just fucking like a big fat hog right in your face yeah uh, but Miyazaki likes to put the gameplay first if you look for the lore you will find lore oh, yeah. the lore is told through characters I think George R. R. Martin is more of a I will make the the lore there if you if even if you don't want it the lore will be right in front of you you'll be met with screeds and screeds of lore yeah, which I I think is going to be a bit of a conflict that isn't going to be beneficial for the game. I think the 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 main thing that hit me with uh, Square Enix was just knowing this entire thing would be wanking off about Final Fantasy. Yeah, and they came out with some real stinkers. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the main things I was looking forward to were uh, the I was looking forward to seeing how Final Fantasy VII played. Because I've never played Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation 1. Mm. I own it for the Switch, but that was because my brother wanted it and I was struggling for a birthday present. So I went, oh, I bought you Final Fantasy VII for the Switch. Uh, 
I've always wanted to play it just because people say it's one of the best games of all time. Yeah. But I don't know if it's actually going to be one of the best games of all time or if it's going to be that game they played when they were a kid. Yeah, I think that... I mean, that's definitely how I feel because when... uh, Back in high school, we used to trade games all the time. And uh, it was always this kind of, oh, dude, try this game. Fine, I'll I'll try Final Fantasy VII. And I couldn't get past the first disc. And I've always wanted to play it just to say... As I kind of another arrow in the quiver, just like, oh yeah, I played Final Fantasy. I'm not gonna talk shop about Final yeah, Fantasy. I'm a real gamer. I've played Final Fantasy. Yeah, I'm a gamer. I yeah. gamers rise up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Like the the, no, black, the fist of solidarity. The, the fist of solidarity. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't do this. No, can't no, do that no, anymore. No. Naughty, uh, naughty dog. That's a bad one. Can't naughty dog with his naughty fingers. <laughs> <Yes>. Naughty fingers. <laughs> naughty fingers is my favorite uh, bluegrass jazz band. Uh, so the Final Fantasy VII, uh, I was kind of guessing there'd be also Kingdom Hearts stuff based on like the way yeah. you said that Kingdom Hearts the ending was a bit, eh, yeah, like it, it was, could be better. There was more of a Kingdom Hearts three ended on a we've got more stuff coming. Yeah, uh, it was not really a it was a real whimper, not a not the bang that they wanted it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that there was going to be Square Enix, there was Square Enix were going to give us DLC for Kingdom Hearts three, and they did, but they leaked it. Or it was leaked about a week before E3, so I'd already seen this trailer. And that trailer that I'd seen was basically just recut stuff that I'd, I'm pretty sure I'd already seen before. Yeah. From the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, which I got because I played it on proud mode and done fucking everything in the game to get it. Yeah. Uh, I'd already seen it. And it was just recut stuff with some extra stuff at the end with maybe a couple of extra keyblades that we didn't get in-game. Hmm. Uh, but what I really wanted was the ability to switch main characters. You know. Weird thing to request from a game, but okay. Yeah, show you working because Sora is so fucking boring. He is the Goku character, it's just because you've got Riku. Riku is more the Vegeta. Riku has a reason for be- wanting the strength. He fucked up monumentally. Sora is just there to try his best. Sora's exactly fucking exactly <laughs> hitting the nail on the head. I was joking about that. I have no, no idea is. what Sora is. Sora's just kind of the. Hey guys, we're going to go and fight the darkness. Hold on, let me get my keyblades. Come on, Donald and Goofy, you're my best buddies. Luke? Rik- <laughs> yeah, fucking pretty much. Riku's just there going, okay, I fucked up in the first game. I tried to kill all these people. They're accepting me. I'm going to fight my fucking ass off to make sure that make sure that I'm going to keep these guys safe. And he's actually had to work to you know regain like, lost strength and stuff. Yeah. He has a bit, of, bit more of a reason behind him. Yeah. Same with another character, Axel, who was a bad guy in other games. He's been given, he can now wield a keyblade. He needs to make sure that he's worthy of it. These guys are so much better than fucking Sora, who's just kind of this rainbow of a character. And it's what he's meant to be. He's meant to be the ultimate big light in the game. Yeah. But just, I am not interested in playing as Sora anymore. Mm. And Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of killed that for me. I want to play as Riku. I want to play as fucking Roxas. I want to play as anybody else that's not fucking Sora now. Can, you, can you imagine being one of those characters that's the, the guiding light that will save the universe? I'd be so fucking bored. I'd be so annoyed. People yeah. are like, you've got to do it. It's your destiny. Would you fuck off with that bullshit? <laughs> Every time someone says to me, oh, you are the chosen one, I just think of Seth Park. Oh, can I not be the chosen one today? Like oh, butters. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, do I have to be the chosen one, guys? Can I be someone else? But yeah, I'm glad that the that we're getting Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, but I'd be even happier if we got the ability to swap main characters. Like, yeah. so You can level up Sora at the same time, but... If you want to go and play as Riku for a bit, you can go and play a different adventure path with Riku. Or you want to play as uh, Kairi, who was a character teased back in Kingdom Hearts 2, mm. as being another Keyblade wielder. And you see her training just as hard because she doesn't want to be left behind by the two dudes. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to train as well. Fuck you guys. I'm going I'm going to get that. I'm going to get to that level and be on par with you guys. But they never showed us anything 
any anything to do with Kyrie other than she gets kidnapped mm-hmm. by the main bad guy and ultimately killed. And then Sora's main story for the rest of the game is, oh no, she's not dead. I'm going to go and find her. Even if he kills me, I'm going to go and find her. Like, okay. The more grown-up thing to do would be Sora realising that, oh, maybe my ultra-optimism isn't the best. Maybe I need a slice of realism in there. Yeah. Maybe I just need to honour the fact that Kyrie's passing. But death is a revolving door in comics and Kingdom Hearts and yeah. video games. Death is never permanent. So, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. And when None the, of this fucking matters. When you're the guiding light that's going to save the universe, yeah. why don't you think you can bring your yeah. one time crush your finger? I mean, you grave. died and you literally walked about as a floating head until you found the rest of your body. You have to find all the different aspects of your body and piece yourself back together. But it's not like, oh, here's your lungs. You've now got your lungs back and yeah. you just find a pair of floating lungs. You have to go around and gather uh, all these floating soras. Right. It's, it's really weird. It was one of the weakest it, parts of the game. It's a Kingdom Hearts game. We it's a Kingdom Hearts game. This, that sounds like some bullshit. Yeah, but yeah. to be honest, at this point I, with Kingdom Hearts, I'm not really bothered about story to an extent because I tried to figure out the story back in high school when I first started playing it and I remember getting a lot of migraines. Now I'm just all in there for the sweet, sweet action JRPG gameplay. Yeah. That's all I'm in for. And to be fair, Kingdom Hearts 3 delivered on that majorly, but the, the attractions that you could use that would summon Disney Park rides mm. and they would cause damage to other people can get straight to fuck. I saw someone hit uh, like a giant wolf with the, the boat from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that, I was like, what the fuck is this I game? Mean, it's a good attack if the game wasn't so fucking easy. If you're genuinely <laughs> struggling for damage against an enemy yeah, and you've got a, a, an attraction set to X or triangle, by all means fucking use it. But if the game wasn't so easy, you would need them the game's piss easy so you don't fucking need them at all I played through the entire game using the starting keyblade and I never struggled once I think I died twice mm. through the entire hard mode playthrough I was trying to think of a Kingdom Hearts joke but I don't know I, th- yeah, don't I think rack I'm referencing br- the wrong thing yeah really don't rack it's not yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 is not worth the joke yeah which is a which is a bad thing to say because I've been looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3 for a long time yeah. but I uh, but other than that like uh, for Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy when it comes to Square Enix I know very little yeah, uh, so I was. My Square Enix didn't have a, a great yeah. show on this year. They literally were whole hogging it on Final Fantasy VII. I mean, it, it, it prints money. Yeah. So yeah, that's it makes the thing. Sense. They've put no definitive end on Final Fantasy VII. They've, they've said we're going to give you Final Fantasy VII Part One or Chapter One, as they're calling it. Yeah. And this is going to be two Blu-ray discs full of content. That's a hundred gigs worth of content on these discs. On these two discs, they 50 gigs need each. to just get that fucking thing out there. This they, is abs- yeah. I know they they got yeah, away with ridiculous. it, Kingdom Hearts, by like holding it off for like fifteen years yeah. by producing like little bits and pieces. But seriously, guys, it shit or got off the pot. Yeah, shit or got off the pot because I think the first game that they're doing, the first remake, is only set in, in the first sort of uh, backdrop of uh, Midgar, mm-hmm. and that is maybe the first disc maybe a part of the first disc but you're having two full blu-ray discs worth of content for the first part of a game motherfucker oh that's cool ACDC tribute at San Diego motherfucker <laughs> I'm in San Diego <laughs> keep that ranting don't even edit it uh, but I, I, th- I think it's getting to the point where uh, Square Enix and Final Fantasy 7 just need to hurry this shit up I think you're right with that it's getting to a point where fans are going to wait and I think they're going to wait up to a point yeah, it's just then going to get to the point where they are they are sick and fucking tired of waiting. I think what fifteen years? In fact, no. Let's be generous. When did Final Fantasy VII come out? 
early 90s. Yeah. Maybe 1996. It's slightly younger than us, so 96 sounds about right. Yeah, so we're talking 13 years for a game. No, longer than 13 years. I can't count. It's the remaster of it. It's 23 years or something like that for the remaster of a game. Yeah. I mean, if you're waiting for 25 years for some reason, you know what? I think that's what they're doing. Waiting for 25 years? 25 years to finish it off. Yeah. Maybe they'll They don't want to end on a round number. They'll get part one out, and then part two, the journey finishes... 25 years after. Yeah, so they can have 25 years of Final Fantasy VII. Like what they did with Kingdom Hearts, they waited exactly 13 years. Which I think is complete horseshit. They said, oh, we wanted to do something thematic. No, you just pissed off a lot of fans is what you did. You guys don't have the money for that. I'm sorry. Like Square Enix is such a small production team, I've realised. They have very few game directors that work on Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games. And the only thing I can think of other than those two games was Deus Ex, and I think they've said they're done with that because the last one bombed. Yeah, plus the people that worked on Deus Ex Machina and De- or Deus Ex Human Revolution and Deus Ex Machina are now, they I think they were Crystal Dynamics. Yeah. And they, are n- and they are now being shifted over to the Avengers game, which I got some problems with. Yeah. I Character don't... models look funky. I don't know why after... I mean, I saw this on, like, uh, Inside Gaming's coverage of this, and they were saying, why after a decade of the greatest run of cinema, like, history, money-wise, ever, like, why are you then taking those established characters and then changing how they look? Yeah. It It would be the easiest cash grab in the world to just pay for their likenesses. Yeah, but imagine how expensive that would be. It'd be worth it, but it'd be expensive. And Square Enix, I don't think have that kind of money. But they've already got the in. Yeah, they've. they've they, I guarantee. After after all the stuff they've done with Kingdom Hearts, I guarantee you they've got a pretty good contact yeah. at Disney right now. Yeah, so I'd yeah, like to trust us with that IP. I mean, remember the last time you trusted us with an IP? Pretty decent thing happened. Yeah, yeah. Kingdom know. Hearts sold gangbusters. But I think hey, what bugged me the most about it is they looked a little bit like their their movie counterpart <laughs> it's it's not enough to be like oh this is a totally different character which is what you'd want you don't yeah. want to say yes Avengers had their thing this is a new thing this is not the uh, uh, MCU this is our universe yeah. for the Avengers yeah we're going to use a lot of the same plot points and stuff but this is our take on it here are these totally new characters and you think this kind of looks like the porn adaptations that we see yeah. after the movies come out I heard the, the porn adaptations <laughs> pretty funny but the, I heard the the one that I heard was it looked like they got their stunt doubles yeah. and cast them as the characters. Although I do like how they've uh, redesigned Thor. Right. It looks a bit more Norse's armor now instead of just space armor. Yeah. Looks, it looks kind of cool. I just, all I saw was Tony Stark with long hair. I said, that looks no, weird. objectively, no. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't think any Iron Man fan nowadays wants to go back to the time where Tony Stark was sporting an 80s mullet in a business suit. No one wants to see that anymore. I think I want to see it once and then burn that image from the earth. Well, you're going to have to burn a lot of comic books. <laughs> a lot of fucking comic books. But Iron Man, Iron Man's armour looked... It looked like it was MCU standard up until the helmet. And then from the helmet, or f- for the helmet, they just thought, let's go for a really, really old style comic book look. And they went way back to Iron Man Power Wars from the 80s. Right. And thought, let's give him that helmet. And then... Uh, going from Iron Man to Captain America's design, Captain America's design looked weird. Really, really weird to me. It looked like uh, he was wearing uh, American football shoulder pads. Right. 
Oh no, I, would it be American football shoulder pads? It looked like he was wearing some kind of armor, yeah. some kind of armor. Whereas Captain America's suits have always been just kind of these weird kind of tactical suits. Yeah, this one just looked like he had a. It's a Kevlar body suit. Kevlar body suit with skating shoulder pads. Ooh. It, it didn't look nice to me, and I, I always hated the helmet on Captain America. Never liked it. Everyone what, in, in the, the MCU, in the MCU, always hated it. Yeah. It looked stupid. I it, thought it looked like a weird kind of interpretation of like an old school biker helmet. Yeah, like a like a fifties biker helmet. Yeah, I mean it fit, it fits the character in the comic books because it's drawn in a certain way where it doesn't look like it could move. It looks like it is tight onto the head. Yeah. Whereas when Chris Evans is wearing it in the MCU, it looks like at any point if he takes. If he gets caught in anything, the whole thing just turns around and he can't see. Mm. <laughs> like he's just got a wing where the A should be, and he's like, guys, where the fuck is? He's <laughs> hitting the head with his shield. Yeah. But yeah, it, they just looked kind of off. But ultimately, I think they've got the voice cast to sell it. It's a fucking huge voice cast. Yeah. Like Laura Bailey as Black Widow, Nolan North as Iron Man, Troy Baker as uh, Bruce Banner. Uh, I don't know who the fuck plays Captain America, but he plays him well. Doesn't yeah. really fucking matter. It has that kind of commanding voice that I think Captain America should have, which yeah. Chris Evans doesn't. Uh, and Travis Willingham, who's been voicing Thor and everything that Chris Hemsworth isn't doing as Thor since I think maybe 2009, maybe even 2008. He's been doing it for a while. Uh, so I think ultimately you're not going to see them for a long time. You're going to maybe see the back of their heads and they're going to be moving that quickly in the game. They're never really going to see it. I mean, if you're playing the game as Iron Man, you're never going to see Tony Stark's face. You're going to see Iron yeah. Man's faceplate. Uh, but at the same time when you're watching cinematics you're like oh man that's that strange really weird I don't know why he did that it's not enough to make me not play the game because the game looks really cool but ultimately I'm not looking forward to Square Enix's version of the Avengers I'm more looking forward to Marvel Ultimate Alliance because that game looks they've just steered into it they're not trying to do a, a realistic looking Avengers they're just thinking why don't we ramp up the comic book aspect and make it look like their comic book characters playable in a game mm-hmm Ultimately, still going to pick it up, but they could do a lot better with the character models, and I think hmm. we might see an upgrade facial animation-wise before the game comes out. Yeah. Along the lines of what they did with Injustice 2, people were complaining about how Wonder Woman looked, people were complaining about how Supergirl looked, then they came out with the fucking stellar facial animations of Injustice 2, and the same engine that they used in Mortal Kombat 11, and everybody looked fucking insane. Yeah. It's ridiculous how good they look in that game. So I'm hoping they kind of do that. Hmm. But we can only wait and see. Uh, until then, let's wrap up with uh, Nintendo. Yep, I think this is it. I think this is my more like Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Se- <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Nintendo. You, you're pretty much you can just you know knock off for this, but you're really, you're not really a Nintendo fan. Like fifty fifty on just getting up to go get a drink for five minutes. I oh, do. If you're going to have to go get a drink, I'll take one. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I'll, do you want to take a, a quick break? No, let's pause the podcast. Yeah. And we're back with fully hydrated throats yep. this time. So, uh, the last thing on the list was Nintendo. and uh, More like Nintendon't. Yeah, I get the second pass on the joke, okay? Yeah, the Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> it's not a good joke, but anyway, you get uh, GG's in the chat for trying. But as usual for me, probably not so much you, but Nintendo always knock it out of the park every year because they announce games that people want. They announce yes. games that people are fucking looking forward to and games that people don't expect. Along the same lines as uh, Microsoft kind of tried to do this year, they announced a lot of games. Very few of them were people or games that people wanted. Right. 
which was disappointing, but ultimately I still think Microsoft had a much stronger conference, even improving from last year, when last year's Microsoft conference was insane. Last year's was a riot. I was running around in circles in the room like, what are they doing? What the fuck is... I mean, Devil May May Cry 5, fucking Kingdom Hearts 3, Crackdown, which turned out to be a pile of shit. Yeah, the Crackdown 3 was the biggest letdown thing at that conference for Microsoft. They would have sold more if they called it Terry Cruz's Crackdown 3. Yeah. But it it didn't. But Nintendo, they always always like to come out with the little hook to get you to get you into the conference and that was usually some kind of smash bros thing and they and they made no changes this year the starting lineup was new smash bros character and they came out with the hero slash main character from the dragon quest series yeah and they gave us they showed off in the trailer four different versions of the hero as they call him. uh i think they showed off the original dragon quest one character whose name in game was erdrick right who kind of looks a bit like Goku, except but imagine, then it's the Akira Toriyama drawing, so yeah. everything kind of looks a bit like Goku. Uh, every, everything kind of looks a bit like Goku. The, Even the plants, a little bit, yeah. Think about We've it. We've all got different spikes. Think about it. Yeah, but imagine, imagine if they put a headband on Goku and just made his hair go straight up. Mm-hmm. Like if he takes that headband off, it just falls out in a Goku shape. Yeah. yeah. And they announced the main character that they did announce with. I think is the character from Dragon Quest Eight. No, Dragon Quest Eleven. So when you say there's the different versions, I'm guessing it's just like a character skin. It's just a character skin. There's okay. not. Uh, it's not like an Echo character. Yeah. It'll be. Uh, there's kind of like what they did with a uh, Bowser Junior. There was all the different Koopa kids from the different yeah. games. So it was just one character but different skins. And like what they did with uh, the main character from Pikmin, Olimar. They had uh, Alf, who was the second, who was the co-op character from Pikmin Two. They had different Pikmans. Yeah, different Pikmans. 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 Joseph Pikmans. Jo- <laughs> Did you fall in an accident? It wasn't your fault. Joseph Pikmans. I won't do anything, but you can call me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> Did you have an accident? Just tell me about it. <laughs> I'm oh, here for you, buddy. Do <laughs> you have an accident? I could use a chuckle. Go ahead. <laughs> that's, that's the next t-shirt after Jibberfish were a government organisation. <laughs> uh, and Alfred teaching Batman how to spell. <laughs> With many t-shirt ideas. If anyone can make t-shirts on the cheap that we can sell out cheaper, yeah. get, get in touch. But uh, uh, then they had the, the main character from Dragon Quest Eleven, the main character from, I want to say of the first Dragon Quest and the other two heroes I think they might have just been from Dragon Quest 9 and maybe Dragon Quest 10 I'm not 100% sure I've only played three Dragon Quest games one of them was Dragon Quest Builders which was fucking horrendous it's Minecraft but with the Dragon Quest characters isn't it sounds awesome probably <laughs> if you like that kind of <laughs> shit but it does not interest me one iota but uh, they all had they all looked just enough like other characters that it's going to feel familiar to people there was a lot of Link stuff that they had with Sword and Shield, and there was a lot of uh, uh, counter stances and stuff like other Fire Emblem characters. But there was the magic that they had. Right. It was there was a, there was a couple moves where they threw out a fireball, but there was another one where they turned to steel and couldn't take any damage, but they couldn't move. And there was one that they just had a reflector wrap around them. Okay. Uh, the weirdest one though was as a move called Kamikaze, where you have a gravity effect that pulls all the other enemies in. I feel just, like these people don't know how kamikazes work. Yeah. It's almost the exact opposite. Yeah, but it's, it's a funny move because you start charging this kamikaze, you start drawing the other enemies in, and then you just explode. Yeah. It's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Of both the characters that they announced, I think people were happy that we got a Dragon Quest character in the game, but ultimately, compared to the other character, they didn't really care. They were yeah. just, oh cool, more characters. Show us what we were expecting with the final character. And then after 
drag after the Dragon Quest hero, they went on and announced. Um, well, are you doing this in order? Because I thought it'd be good to talk about the uh, fact that it was Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah, I'm just going to jump around. I was just I think after uh, immediately after that, I think they just launched straight into here's how we'll play. But then after the hero from Dragon Quest, we got Banjo Kazooie, Banjo and yeah. Kazooie from Banjo Kazooie. Which, if I can take a brief moment to say, if you're writing an article about this for your fucking game development blog or whatever the fuck. Can you please state that Banjo and Kazooie are one character? Because I've read about three or four things that it took me to the fourth article to figure out that Banjo and Kazooie were, in fact, one character. Yeah. And I did this not from your articles, but from the video of them playing as a single character. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fairly fairly strange to play as Banjo by himself and Kazooie by himself. Because Kazooie's a ten little bird. You see, Banjo as himself, he's a bear. Yeah. Probably going to be okay in a fight. He's going to throw the fuck down, but yeah. Kazooie's a... A woodpecker? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, he's got the big long beak. Because yeah, he's the woodpecker that fires eggs. I mean, it's called a range attack. Yeah, <laughs> but not from the orifice that you'd think. He shoots them out of his mouth. Piccolo style. I think yeah, it's some kind of Piccolo Yoshi style. <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works. Yeah, I mean, don't mess with the formula. Do you want to win or do you want to win? Yeah. Right? You're going gonna to complain? You're going to vomit some eggs? All yeah, right? You're going to fire eggs at people. Uh, as you can expect, putting a legacy character like Banjo and Kazooie into this game made a lot of people happy. Very, 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 uh, very, very positive response to this. Yeah. And a lot of people posting very positive reaction videos online of people just losing their shit over Banjo Kazooie being in the game because it's, it's a character that people have been wanting in the game since Super Smash Bros. Melee. And the trailer for it is very funny. Oh, the trailer's pretty funny. The fair, trailer's pretty good because it's uh, Donkey it's and Diddy fake Kong. trailer. And then, uh, who's the crocodile? King K. Rule. He's King from Donkey Kong 64. For Another some rareware game. They are, for some reason, sharing a room. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Don't uh, question it. And then they see a, a shadow. And then the, the fake out is that it's actually the, the, uh, the, the dog and the, the, the bird from Duck Hunt. And I was like, huh, that was funny. And then all of a sudden, Banjo and Kazooie appearing. Oh, that was pretty well played. It's very well yeah. done. And then it just shows you gameplay footage of them actually fighting together and some yeah. kind of slightly pre-cut cinematics. Yeah, there's some... Uh, Apparently he's beefing with Bulbasaur. Start yeah. some shit. Ivysaur. Is it? I get. I don't blame <laughs> you for this. I get confused with them as well. There's I very didn't see the li- vines. I didn't see the vines. That's why I say Bulbasaur. Apparently the difference is from Bulbasaur, it's just the bulb. You right. know, it, with Ivysaur, there's leaves and you see the red flower. Okay, the yeah, Venusaur is just fucking huge. Yeah, Venusaur like escalates things dramatically. Yeah. But I, I do not blame you for that mistake. I make it fucking constantly. Yeah. Even when he, I play that character in Smash as well. All right. I, <laughs> I was just like, I'll go from Squirtle to Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur's not in the game, it's Ivysaur. But I, I still, my favourite thing to do in Smash Ultimate right now is go online and play as just Squirtle. Yeah. And try and beat Ganondorfs and Bowser's and shit. <laughs> Actually, fairly successfully, because he's that quick, I can just get in and damage them. Yeah. And I've got that many ranged water attacks, I can just, hey, you know, get in, deal some damage and fuck off. He has this ability, or his uh, neutral B attack, he charges up water gun and just fires that out. It doesn't deal any damage, but it pushes them off the stage. Pretty useful in a game where you're pushing you off fucking the ledge like the battle, yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious, because people are charging at you and just like, and you're off the stage. <laughs> and fun. no. Yeah. And uh, the cool thing about uh, Banjo-Kazooie is that there's so many little nods to the other game, or to Banjo's game itself. Mm-hmm that I think fans are going to be really happy is Final Smash is he summons a big fucking robot from the game and just charges at the enemy and there's a big multi-slash animation that shows up. Yeah. I think it's going to make a lot of people happy and the stage itself, Spiral Mountain, 
looks like it's ripped straight from a high def uh, remake of Banjo Kazooie hmm. that I think people are really going to dig. So I think out of the two characters, the two characters that announced from for Smash Ultimate are going to make people very, very fucking happy. And I think a lot of people are going to dig the characters. And I think it might buy them a bit more leeway for the last two characters. I don't think the last two characters are going to be big fucking heavy hitters. Yeah. I think it's going to be characters that people are going to appreciate. Yeah. But they've announced Banjo. But it does they've already got the goodwill. It gives them the time and money and resources to allocate to the creation of Waluigi in Smash Brothers. Yeah. We're going to get it, boys. We just have to keep pushing. Keep pushing for that Waluigi. To be fair... I oh I was I felt the cold sweats and I felt the heart attack coming on. <laughs> I was genuinely terrified that instead of showing the hero from Dragon Quest and Banjo and Kazooie, I thought they were going to show Minecraft Steve, because I've heard rumors. I've, and I've heard, heard about that for a while, and I've heard apparent data mining from Smash Ultimate. Yeah, uh, Smash Ultimate's game files that apparently he's coming, and I am fucking terrified. I'm like Thanos, dread from it, run from it. Fate catches up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Steve catches up eventually. Steve just, I see the this the. Emerald green pickaxe just stabbed me in the shoulder. And it's actually me. diamond. You can't make a pickaxe with emerald, Dom. I don't know it's if you green. know this. Why is it green? That's well, interesting. The green pickaxe. I thought it was always made of emerald or some shit. No. I don't fucking care. You can't make an emerald pickaxe. <laughs> um, if they make an emerald, see pickaxe, if you got Minecraft later on, try make an emerald pickaxe. I expect. I, I will send you screenshots of me not making an emerald pickaxe. <laughs> Show me. Make a video. That will be the first video we post <laughs> on the Jibberfish. Just the title it, it, See, Dom, you were wrong. <laughs> Suck a dick. <laughs> Phone Joseph Pickman. <laughs> Phone. Uh, right. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a character in any game called Joseph Pickman. He's <laughs> just going to be, come on, buddy, give me a hug. I know you've lost a leg and an arm, but come on, I'm here for you. Um, what else did Nintendo show that was worth, worth talking about? They had Luigi's Mansion 3 with Gooigi. Uh, Gooigi, yeah, that is their co-op mechanic. Looks He's pretty, green. Looks pretty Can fucking cool. confirm. Yep, he is. Gooigi green. Bright green. Neon green. Yeah. Uh, that game looks pretty fucking cool. Um, been a huge fan of the Luigi's Mansion games since the first one. And the first game was literally put out there to show the, abil- the, the capabilities of the GameCube with the dust particles and all the yeah. moving objects and stuff and the frame rate and stuff like that and it turned out to be a really fun game uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, Dark of the Moon or whatever it was for the 3DS was trash because instead of doing one big mansion that you had to you know explore and find the keys for yeah. they uh, deviated from that and just made it a side scroller that you just went from one place one place fought the boss grabbed the crystal next mansion so you went technically went through five mansions but it was just side scrolling crap that you, it wasn't good. It, it seems like in a weird way, it's kind of really weird considering that Luigi is a Mario character. Mario starts as a side scroller with five worlds. It seems like they tried to make a Mario game out of Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, which, which did not work. It's like you kind of you flip it one way. It's like when you take a, a phrase in English, flip it to Chinese, flip it to French, flip it to like yeah, uh, back to English again, and it makes no sense whatsoever. It's a totally different phrase. Yeah, and you're like what the fuck did you people do here? Yeah, it was not a great game. So seeing that they went back to the whole. A Resident Evil style Luigi's Mansion game is fucking great. I was just about to say uh, when you look at the Luigi's Mansion stuff it does kind of feel like they tried to make a Mario Resident Evil game. Yeah. And it worked because it yeah. was funny because the, the funniest part of it is Luigi is audibly shitting himself throughout the whole thing. Yeah, You hear the rattle of the torch and he's like Mario, he's like walking about <laughs> shitting himself. Yeah, his, his voice shakes yeah. when he's like Mario, please. <laughs> he's, at one point he's tapping the walls, he's going like rattling walls and stuff. Yeah. It's that, that This is the game that definitely gives Luigi character yeah and it's, it's really really good it's a uh, 
the interactions that he have that he has with uh, Professor Egad, who gives you all your gadgets and stuff, mm-hmm. pretty fucking funny because he's always out to scare the living piss out of Luigi, yeah. just because he's an old dude that lives in a fucking spiderweb-ridden mansion. He wants to get. I'll know the shit of this yeah, kid. I'm gonna give him a, a powerful vacuum cleaner that can you know destroy ghosts, but I'm gonna fuck around with him at the same time. Yeah. So. Also, how funny is it that someone's like, how are we going to defeat these ghosts? Vacuum, vacuum cleaner? Give them a hoover. It feels like a di- <laughs> With a plunger. It feels like a direct like kind of reference to Ghostbusters for some reason. Yeah. Uh, most of Luigi's Mansion is just a, remember Ghostbusters? Luigi's going to do that. <laughs> this time it's with Luigi. <laughs> yeah. Gooigi is just the ultimate evolution of Slimer from Ghostbusters. I'm guessing Gooigi is just uh, till I like couch co-op. Yeah, just till I co-op. Okay, that's good. Which is pretty cool, but in the game you have to use both of them. There'll be certain points where you need to combine uh, attacks with Gooigi, yeah. but you can control both characters at the same time. Okay. So there's the co-op elements. They're not really... You know how in most games there's the co-op and there's the main storyline? Yeah. They don't really differentiate from that. This time, co-op and the main story are just built in. Hmm. There's no separate menu. You can just jump into the main game and you know play multiplayer. I just imagine the idea that there would be... Like, you'd get to a platforming section, you have to, like, boost Luigi up, but Luigi would try to stand on Gooigi and just, like, sink <laughs> into him. <laughs> Do the Yoshi thing and jump off his head and leave yeah. him to die. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, that immediately was the, the only... Oh, there's multiplayer for this game. Oh, my God, we're going to step on Gooigi and, like, sink into him like a foot. <laughs> or Gooigi becomes some kind of Samus-style power armor, and you're just walking around in a giant mech made of Gooigi. <laughs> oh my you form god. a Voltron of Gooigi's oh, oh my god what's the armour you're wearing it's so impenetrable it's a goo version of myself wait what for the proof <laughs> that I am the strongest Mario brother just twists Mario's head off <laughs> I am the strongest I have the goo <laughs> <laughs> he drop kicks Mario find yourself you prick <laughs> uh, the other thing I saw on there was I found to see how you feel about this one uh, Resi 5 and 6 how getting kind of legacy editions coming to Switch I predicted that last year the, yeah. I predicted uh, as soon as I seen that Resident Evil uh, 4, 5 and 6 were getting re-released on fucking everything Yeah, I said how long is it going to be before they come out on Switch Yeah. then I seen Resident Evil 0, 1 and 4 come out on Switch I said to my brother guarantee E3 they're going to show off gameplay of 5 and 6 uh, it's a good move. Uh, I mean, fucking everything's coming out on Switch. Just going on from the 5 and 6 reveal, we have Alien Isolation. Yep, we have that was fucking, one as well. We have fucking like, all these... You like, have the play. Spiral Reignited trilogy, which, as far as like a game, you would kind of want to just play on the Switch. Yeah. I can't think of anything better. It makes a lot of sense, considering uh, Crash Bandicoot, which is traditionally a PlayStation title. Yeah. Putting it on the Switch is a good idea. It's, it's basically a kid's platform game. Do, uh, do not you, really a kid's platform game, because yeah. some levels in Crash Bandicoot are fucking solid. I actually watched a streamer, uh, Twisted Bar Gaming. Love that guy. He does a lot of streams. He's trying really hard. He's making... He's grinding. He's hustling away. Um, but he... I was on his Twitch stream for a while, and just in his chat, hanging out, and chatting with a lovely group of people that he's got there. Um, and we were watching him play through uh, some of Crash... The, like, re- uh, Crash's trilogy. I can't remember what it's called again. The, but they're remastered. The insane trilogy. Yeah, the insane remastered trilogy or whatever. Some of those levels were genuinely stumping him. And he was like, well, I never played this as a kid. And I'm like, oh, yeah. if you've never played this as a kid, none of this makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I never played any Crash Bandicoot as a kid. I, to... The first time I played Crash Bandicoot, I was in high school. Oh. But I mean, like, he got to Dingle Dial, the, uh, the one with the flamethrower. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, I, d- I was in the chat, like, no, wait for this to happen, wait for this to happen, and then run in between the gems. And then do this and like mm. I was giving him hints in the chat and I was like, 
if you've never played this game before, this game is a fucking fever dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if the first time you play Spiral the Dragon and you don't realise that all your money goes towards a greedy... What, what, what the hell was Moneybags? What, kind of, what breed was he? I think he's just a bear. He's just a bear? Yeah. 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 All your money goes towards him to get through gates and stuff. Yeah. He's just some kind of weird ethereal fucking gatekeeper that steals all your gems. There's a number of the games that end with him being like told to just give back all the money that he stole. Yeah. I think I watched my, it was like my brother or like his fiance was playing uh, like with the remaster for that and we're just backing their way through the game and then they get to the end and they were just like, yeah, uh, so Moneybags is just going to give you back the money and it's like a room full of dragons. Like, Did they intimidate? Did they like force him to give back the money? Like at, at like dragon tooth point? I was going to say about at knife point, but you know, at dragon tooth <laughs> point. just breathing slightly too heavily on him. It's like, hey. if I breathe maybe a bit too hot, I'm just going to burn it. Hey, how'd you like to give back the money? Singed eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just feel like, you're, oh, I'm oh, going to give okay. back the money now. <laughs> I will give the, the smaller dragon all the money now. Yeah, it's... Uh, when that when I think of games that belong on the Switch, yeah. as like, not not I'd say it's like a casual console, but it is a bit more casual than an Xbox yeah. or PC or something like that, I'd say like Crash is right up there. And to give it to a new generation of kids, yeah. it's going to be amazing. Like, I want to see more people playing that game. I'm, I'm quite glad that you said that games that you would associate with the Switch. I'm quite glad that you said that because that, that leads me perfectly into my next point is, why the hell is The Witcher and Alien Isolation coming to Switch? Alien Isolation fine because you can get yeah. a portable aspect to yeah. a really, really good horror game. But The Witcher... It, people, The thing that people love about The Witcher is that it is a powerhouse. You play that on a PC and ramp up the settings, game looks fucking tasty. Yeah. The Switch, spe- specifically portably, is not really a powerhouse console. If you're playing it portably... 540p is your maximum. Playing it docked, 720p. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I don't really think there's much of a call for people or Witcher players to play it on the Switch. Who was screaming for that? Yeah, same with people who wanted uh, Skyrim on Switch. Was there really much of a call for it? I get that... Skyrim's a bit more... Just because we're comparing it to The Witcher, like, Skyrim's a bit more casual. It could be a bit more fun on a a more, like, handheld console. I think the idea is not so much for the, the... When it's docked that yeah. kind of like you can't really say oh really looking forward to playing The Witcher when it's docked I'm yeah like, I think to any measure TV, of a good yeah. Switch game is how many hours you're going to put into it on the way to work or on the way home from work or if yeah. you've got lunch like an hour for lunch or something you just want to sit and play some, like you're, some Witcher you're, what you're saying I can't I, I can't figure why you put Skyrim can you not really picture yourself just kind of sitting on a train with Skyrim just kind of well, for sure that bang. like on a, on a train I don't like Skyrim okay <laughs> <laughs> bad example but I mean like it's way more casual yeah. Than say The Witcher, like when you see like somebody somebody was really crying for The Witcher to come out on the Switch, like why, why, yeah. why, and who? Yeah, to be fair, the, the battery power on the Switch I think might work against the, having The Witcher on Switch because fully charged, I think the Switch could last eight hours. Mm-hmm. If you, when you get into the the meat and veg of uh, The Witcher, you're wasting more than eight hours on that. You yeah. get sucked into that game. You start believing you're the fucking Witcher. Yeah. Uh, just real quick you were talking about the, the resolution what is the actual resolution of the screen on a Switch when it's portable uh, when it's portable I think that the max it can go to is 540p mm. that's I mean that's how the Witcher's looking I don't know if it's if it's better I, I know there are some games that I'd run I'd like to hope it'd be 720 are, there are some games that run 720p right but I think when it, with a game like the Witcher it runs you yeah. know 540 because I, there's I'd so much like to, to load I'd actually like to it would be 1080 but like 1080 docked I think for most games but I think with a game like The Witcher because there's so much to load yeah. and the maps are so big if I had to maybe downscale it so brutally hacked down yeah 
and that's why I think there wasn't much of a call for it. And I don't think Witcher on the Switch is going to sell all that well. It doesn't fit. No, that's no. that's that's my main selling point. Whereas Alien Isolation, that's been said to be seven twenty undocked or seven twenty portable. Yeah, ten eighty docked, which yeah. I think is good because you're going to want a ten eighty experience on the Switch. Yeah, which is obviously the graphics are maybe going to be downgraded slightly, but you're still going to be getting ten eighty. Mm-hmm. And that's that's more of an experience. That's it's something you you go through for the the experience and the feeling of it. Whereas with The Witcher, as much as you're playing for the story, you're playing it for good gameplay. Yeah. And I don't see what the Switch brings that other consoles haven't. Yeah. It's a weird one. It's, it's, I don't get it, but... There was a No More Heroes... I No More Heroes 3, I was very, very fucking happy at that. How long has it been? Like, the first one came out in the Wii, and it was the, the big deal was, it's a good Wii game. It's a good Wii game with, with a blood spray and a film with protagonist. Yeah. And it was a game that actually used the motion controls in a non-gimmicky way, if you get what I mean. Yeah. It wasn't you're constantly swinging the sword, it was just you're hitting the A button, then to do special heavy attacks you would slash left or slash right. Yeah. So that it, it, it wasn't too heavy handed like that. Yeah. But it had it had a good place to make it like not quite a cornerstone of the uh, the Wii's launch, but it was definitely up there. Like when you talk to people who still really remember and enjoy the Wii, No More Heroes is always up there. Oh yeah, definitely that was one of the it wasn't it didn't come at launch, but it was one of the titles that if anyone asked me what's your favourite games on Wii, I would say no More Heroes is definitely top five. Yeah. Because it was just, it was such a different game compared to what you had in the Switch. Because you had your Mario's, you had your, your Metroid's, you had your Zelda's. Then you had No More Heroes and it was such a contrast between traditional Wii titles and this. Yeah. Which was a Nintendo made game. Yeah. Which, it's weird to say that Nintendo has such a film character on the roster and this was before Bayonetta with their weird, you know, whips and chains and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was when you compare it to, especially the stuff that came out at the time, you remember Red Steel? Oh, Red Steel was fucking awful. But it was that was thing that was a tech demo for what oh, yeah. we could do. Yeah, but I never really got immersed in that game because you would control your character movement with a nunchuck, and your Wii remote would be your gun or sword. Yeah, and if you're aiming at a certain angle on the switch on the Wii, the character's wrist would look like it was breaking mm-hmm. in an unnatural way to the point where it looked like the index finger was touching the elbow <laughs> or could touch the elbow at some point. Jesus, it looked weird. And it always took me right out of the game. Red Steel 2 fixed that. Okay. But I never really played that. Yeah. I watched I watched a lot of gameplay footage online, but I never really played it all that much. Yeah. Because there was Red Steel 1 I was done with. Multiplayer was fun, but ultimately I didn't play much Red Steel. You can pick it up for 50 pence. Yeah. If you really want to play it. If, you, if you're, like, desperate for the, the classics. Yeah. If you're like, fuck, I want to get that Red Steel, I want to get that Wii launch experience again. For some reason. Give me £4. Just punch your TV, honestly. Yeah. Just just save yourself the cash, punch your TV. Just get something that... Uh, get your TV remote, attach it to a flimsy wrist strap and just thaw that shit. <laughs> Act like you're going to take off and just... Whoop, and now you can enjoy the more modern, updated experience where you yell yeet before you do it. Yeah. It's funnier, <laughs> therefore. Yeah. So the uh, speaking of like trying to capture that classic feeling, uh, the big reveal from that I saw from the list was Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, Breath of the Wild, they actually announced a couple of Zelda titles and it yeah. was it was strange that the, one of them was Breath of the Wild 2. I get that Breath of the Wild was fucking ridiculously popular. Yeah. To the point where people were genuinely petitioning Nintendo to make Breath of the Wild on other consoles. 
Like people mm. wanted it on PC. Yeah. Like, give us it on PC. Nintendo just came in, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a us thing. Not Did you see thing. how long it took us to get this on the Switch? Yeah. <laughs> Breath of the Wild was in development hell because they tried to do too much, but luckily they found the right team to do it. But Breath of the Wild seems to me like it was such a uh, one and done type story. I just think, how can you do it? Because you've killed Ganondorf and the whole point of or the whole, uh, sorry, the whole trick to Ganondorf this time is he is so sick and tired of this whole a cycle of you know he rises to power he's ultimately killed he has given up on reincarnation he's like he's he's accepted his ultimate true demonic form mm. and he just wants to fucking rule over hyrule until the sun fucking burns it yeah but then obviously he gets risen up and struck uh, beaten down eventually but his whole reason behind this or his whole reason for being in this game is just i'm fucking done with all this shit i will yeah. rule hyrule one way or another but obviously he gets stopped but because that cycle repeats again. That cycle repeats again. and then Which must make him so mad. Like, you, you finally say, I'm done with it. I'm breaking these chains. And then you realise, oh, the chains are still there. Yeah, the chains are still there. The chains are but. tighter than they were before. And I think what they're going for in Breath of the Wild 2 is that you've, fair enough, you killed Ganondorf this time. But his body is still somewhere in Hyrule. Right. His, his body is still somewhere buried deep beneath Hyrule Castle. And I think that's where Link and Zelda come in. They think, right, we want to stop this. We are happy with Hyrule being the way it is. We need to destroy that once and for all. And probably what they'll do is they'll, maybe they've felt rumblings from beneath Hyrule Castle or maybe the monsters are coming back stronger and they'll probably build something off that. Mm. Either way, I'm fucking in for another Breath of the Wild. I yeah. played that game twice. Yeah, I played it on the Wii U, 100% of it. Played it on the Switch, 100% of it. With the fucking DLC. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. It's still not my favourite Zelda game. Though. I will say that off the bat. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's fucking great. Highest reviewed game I think of all time. Yeah. And it looks spectacular. The open the open world setting and even the even the combat that people didn't like. Not so much the combat. The people love the fucking combat. I think people didn't like the, uh, the degradation. Yeah, degradation of the swords. People did not take kindly like that. I did because it presented another challenge to the game. Yeah. Because you're thinking, right, I've got this really good sword, but do I want to use that now or do I want to save it for when I come across a boss or another enemy? Mm. I'm going to use this crappy tree branch. <laughs> I'm going to kill as many people as I can. And also introduced the the idea of doing weapon-specific runs. Because there was a few people that i seen online that did, I'm going to use only wood weapons. I'm going to use only axes. I'm going to use only sledgehammers. Welcome I'm to the World of Dark Souls, <laughs> where you would play the entire game with the tree branch just to show you could. Yeah, or using the, the woodman's axe the very one of the very first weapons you get was an axe a very very low powered axe uh-huh. and it it did well at the start of the game but as you get closer and closer to the end of the game it essentially deals chip damage we're talking at, at one hit point oh. and on some of the end, end game bosses they've got pretty fucking up there in health and uh, somehow they managed to do it but then again the person I'm talking about that does these kind of Dark Souls runs has somehow broke the code of the game to just bend it to his will yeah. ridiculously good at the game Um but all in all, I'm really excited for Breath of the Wild 2, but it's going to be a while before we get it. I think we'll probably get it towards the end of the current Switch cycle, because they're going to announce a Switch 2. It makes sense for them to do a Switch yeah. 2. But this time they do a Switch 2 that does 4K, I guarantee it. And it's going to be a... I'll probably still They'll probably keep it portable, but it'll probably be a bigger machine or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see how they go with it. But the other Zelda game they announced was uh, Link's Awakening Remake. That a lot of people are saying, you know, fucking great, we're getting another links, getting another Zelda game this year before Breath of the Wild 2. But a lot of people, including myself to an extent, aren't happy about the art style that they've taken. 
it looks like little toys and stuff. I Ult- did see some screenshots. I was like, this looks a lot more like not quite like the Wind Waker style. Yeah, it looks a lot like more cartoony. Yeah, uh, chibi style. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a good way to put it. Uh, ultimately, I'm still going to pick it up because yeah. I was never a fan of the Wind Waker art style, but I still played Wind Waker and it was a fucking phenomenal game. I played uh, Spirit Tracks, Phantom Hourglass, and even my favourite Zelda game of all time, Minish Cap, are all done in the Toon Link style. Mm-hmm. So it, do, it has grown on me. I'm never going to let art direction, unless it's really, really bad, like Marvel Infinite, stop me playing a game. Because yeah. Marvel Infinite made Chun-Li look like a heroin addict <laughs> until the fans lit, quite rightly said to the people who Marvel outsourced the game to, or the people who Capcom outsourced the game to, they've raged at them so much and then they went right okay fine we'll change Chun-Li everyone else is staying the same <laughs> Tony Stark's still gonna look like ass Thor's gonna look like a techno viking with roids everyone re- really horrible but that kind of cements the fact that I'm not really willing to let art style stop me from playing a game yeah. and with a game like Link's Awakening which was fucking revolutionary on the uh, the Game Boy Color and then the re-release on Game Boy Advance and on a uh, virtual console was just it's, it's such a good game that people are I think people are going to play it in the same way I am they're just going to disregard the art style and continue to play it and it's kind of in the same vein of what they did with Metroid 2 Samus Returns mm-hmm. they gave us a uh, Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS and it was one of the best Zelda games of all time I think that's probably what they're kind of going for with Link's Awakening and I think uh, yeah pretty fucking good we've got a lot to look forward to in terms of nintendo in the future we've got a marvel ultimate alliance which comes out next month which is another diablo style hack and slash dungeon crawler but with marvel characters that looks better than square enix's attempt i'm not fucking sorry about that it just looks better (laughs) Uh, and there's a lot of other games coming out in the switch Uh, panzer dragoon uh, which for me as someone who grew up playing the sega saturn i am fucking ecstatic about that review yeah. purely because Panzer Dragoon is such a weird niche game that I now get to say to other people you can play it it's the, it's the first game remade in HD 4K whatever it is on the Switch fucking play it it's just a dragon shooting things with beams yeah. you're flying through stages it's an on-rail shooter type shoot em up thing where you just have to lock onto things and fire dragon beams up yeah. it's fucking great my uh, my theory going into this E3 was that with Nintendo launching their like smaller and larger versions of the yeah. the Switch, the Switch Pro and the Switch Junior, I've heard them called. Yeah, I when I saw those, I was like, okay, you now need to convince more people to buy consoles, or convince the people who already bought the console to buy another. Yeah. So I I felt like Nintendo would have a huge push and yeah. kind of right yeah. um, that they would be bringing out these kind of classic titles to just kind of entice people and say, look, there's a reason to still buy a Switch, mm. uh, buy a uh, Switch, mm. because apparently they keep like projecting big numbers and yeah. then just and to be just fair, a little bit short. The f- yeah, they fall just a little bit short, but I think the major feather in Nintendo's cap this year was the fact that in Japan, the Switch outsold the PS4 by quite a big margin. Damn which is no easy feat yeah. for any company to to unseat Sony in Japan. That's a big thing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean when you think about the like the sheer like the power differential. Yeah. Of like a 4K PS4 Pro or whatever or air quotes 4K yeah. whatever no cares. Uh like versus a Switch which is a can be at best 720p. Yeah. 1080p if it's docked in and feeling like playing nice. Yeah, if it, yeah. if it's a game that's not too power hungry. It's a it, it's a pretty impressive ac- accomplishment, and that's why I was kind of expecting them to say, "I'm." Um, every year, I expect people to keep saying Nintendo wins E three, 
like, dude, did you see Xbox? <laughs> Microsoft was good, but ultimately I got more, I got what I wanted from Nintendo and then some. Yeah. Because they showed off more uh, Fire Emblem The Three Houses, which I know you have absolutely zero interest in RPGs or Fire Emblem, so I'm not really going to talk about it. Uh, all the, all the, uh, I will say is that I'm really looking forward to it and it comes out next month. All so right. the fact that we got more about that and we got more about how the academy is going to work into the game, because you basically play uh, a professor uh, at a kind of academy and you basically, you're instructing the house leaders that are basically going to kickstart a war in about 10 years time. All right. So you can basically just influence them and you're the one kind of uniting force that's trying to stop this big war between the three main houses. Right. So... Uh, really looking forward to that and I kind of like those type of games where you're the you're the neutral party just mm-hmm. trying to stop war because it was the same in uh, Fire Emblem uh, Fates you were you were a Norian no a Hoshiden prince that was kidnapped by the Norian Empire mm-hmm. and then the whole choice is do you go your own path do you go with your birth family or do you go with your adopted family and I can like being that neutral party and trying to like carve my own way through the game. So I think there's going to be more of that in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. So it was cool to see more of that, and we, we spoke about Luigi's Mansion. Uh, so I think that ultimately Nintendo, I would say Nintendo air quotes one, but I'll, to me, no one really won E3 yeah. this year, purely because of one one reason that this year was kind of a a transitionary period for E3, whereas. Last year, we had fucking big heavy hitters. People were saying, this is coming out, that's coming out. Everybody had games to come out, except fucking Sony, you sucked at E3 last year. Everyone had big fucking titles to come out. This year, people are holding back. Yeah. People are holding back for next year. Because next year is the next console generation. PS5, Project Scarlet, maybe a Switch 4K or something like that. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing that they've done that. It's probably good that they're keeping the main big heavy hitters back for next year. Or they're working harder for next year. It kind of leaves everybody a bit high and dry for this year because there's not really mm-hmm. there's a lot to look forward to, but I still think like we d- we all felt that this was just a little bit of a step reserved. Down. Like it's it's there's stuff out there that's great, like Game Pass. I think for the Xbox will transfer over to the next generation. It's the best idea Microsoft have had in decades. Yeah. Oh, no, without a doubt. So I'd say that we will see something of that transition forward, but I don't think I think this is the last E3 of a console generation, and it kind of shows. Yeah, I think next year for E3, I don't think we're going to see the big conferences having, like, kind of, we're not going to see Sony having a big conference. I don't think we're going to see Microsoft having a big conference. I think, uh, same with Nintendo. I think Nintendo, because Nintendo haven't really been at E3 with a, with a, a physical presence, with a physical conference in about four, maybe five years, maybe longer. I think that's going to be the same thing that, Microsoft and Sony are doing. They're not going to have these big conferences. They're going to prepare sizzle reels of other big titles, yeah. and they're just going to keep working on other things. They're going to have a presence at E3 with stalls yeah. and they'll point. be on the floor, but they yeah. won't have a conference because I think Nintendo really led the way with the, the directs. Where if you notice it, there's a lot less time on stage talking. Yeah, because those moments come across a lot of the time as weird and cringy. Because yeah, you're a game developer who spent like 50 hours that week cranking out a game footage for E3. And now has to come out and talk to a crowd of very, very expectant people. Yeah. Just, or, or we could just cut cut down maybe a two-hour conference to a tight 50 minutes and show it on screen. And it just, I think it just makes yeah. it makes it easier and it gets the point across a lot quicker. And E3 now, with the, the advent of live streaming, is becoming much more about the audience yeah. at home mm-hmm. watching through Twitch, Amazon, yeah. whatever. That was a good thing that I did notice about this year's E3. They addressed and noticed, or they... Uh, 
made a point to mention acknowledged thank you god i cannot fucking speak to them words words i'm not good with uh they acknowledged that a home audience is just thank you they always opened with a whole lot of the people in the microsoft theater and the thousands of billions of people watching home one thing i noticed though and this is just i'm pretty much done with talking about e3 in general yeah but i watched through twitch this year anything Mm -hmm. i watched i watched through twitch amazon you sneaky fuckers i love how creepy you got this year Okay. Because as things were being mentioned, as games were being announced, Amazon would pop up as an option because Amazon owns Twitch. Mm-hmm. They would pop up the option and say, Hey, would you like to pre order your copy? In the middle of the stream. I was watching through YouTube, so I wasn't watching on Yeah, Twitch. but I just there's something about the fact that at like E three conferences collaborated with Amazon to give them the like heads yeah. up, this is coming. Pre order your copy today. It, and we will give you like here's the but we'll push the button on our end and you just make the thing pop up on Twitch streams so that people can pre-order when you're at the most hyped if you want to talk about like some evil yeah. Machiavellian scheme about gaming god damn there's one right there I could, I could imagine that would have worked to me I'm quite glad that I didn't watch it on Twitch now because I would have immediately ordered Doom Eternal I would have immediately pre-ordered uh, fucking anything I, that Nintendo ordered I don't know Gears if it happened 5. for all of them but it happened for the, uh, the Xbox stream yeah, I can imagine Amazon have got a pretty extensive list of pre-orders and stuff ready yeah but i'm kind of choosing to go with amazon more so more over their their home their native stores because i don't pre-order anything through nintendo store now because they take the money immediately right which is weird and it annoys me because mm. i get they're going to take the money eventually but i don't like the fact that they take it before dispatch because i could be waiting way in excess of the actual delivery date but yeah. they've already taken the money yeah there's no option for you to cancel yeah there is an option to cancel but you have to send it away for a form now because they, they deliver through a company Yeesh. called the Hut Group. And I I uh, ordered a a Batman 80th anniversary kind of print. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, like, the print itself was only about 20 quid or something like that. And I thought, you know what, it's a big print. I don't have the space for this. I'm going to cancel it. I mean, there's not enough space in my room. I'm going to cancel it. And I went to cancel it and it wouldn't let me. I put, it kept, came up, it kept uh, popping up. There are no cancelable objects in your order. I mean, mm. bullshit, I don't want this art printing anymore. Yeah. You've already taken the money, not fucking happy. Uh, and it said, if you wish to cancel this order, please email uh, this this address within 14 days of your purchase and they will send you a form which you have to complete within the 14 days, otherwise your cancellation will not be processed. I just thought, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I emailed them and said, look, I'm not interested in the art print anymore, can I just can I change it for fucking something else? And they went, oh sure, we can amend draw the book, do you like? And I went, oh, there's a cool... Uh, death adjacent pod jumper that I'll buy and I was like, sure I'll take that I mean at least I can get the use out of a jumper Yeah. <laughs> so I now have this really rather morbid looking Batman jumper with Batman holding Jason's Todd bloody body Jason <laughs> Todd's bloody body I was like I'm not going to wear this and the fact that it's made for a skinnier dude <laughs> <laughs> it's for that emo Batman fan who's like no, it's Batman for, the, it's for the, the XL gentleman that is really very body positive right very very skin tight <laughs> this is an xl but it doesn't feel like an xl it's a skinny xl or a large yeah so uh that was our e3 coverage yep. i guess oh we didn't, we didn't talk about the uh the internet's latest darling the uh the japanese woman that announced ghostwire tokyo for bethesda uh, i don't really pay attention to that oh people people on the internet lost their shit over her because oh she's so adorable like, yeah she's She's, she's the waifu of the week. Trust me. And she's the waifu of the week. These things fade. I don't think they will because she's still being spoken about only. Mm, I don't think she's got the same power. Nah. We shall see. Time will tell. We'll, uh, we'll will update tell. you on the next episode of the Jibberfish podcast. 
Uh, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do that at Jibberfish, or you can contact the show at Jibberfish, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Dot org. Government yeah, organization. Dot org, yeah, dot org, dot government organization. Uh, so, yeah, until then, I've been Colin Graham. I've been Joseph Pickman. <laughs> and we've been talking Jibberfish. Call me if you're in trouble. I'll be there. Don't tell me about your pain, but I'll just be there for you. I'll listen. I'm going to change the Twitter name to Joseph Pickman. <laughs> <laughs>